0: far from reality though is the premise of 28 days later and how protected are we from a new killer pandemic
1: what if a deadly pandemic happened due to an animal to human transmission of a deadly virus and it got out to the general population after a lab leak wouldn't that be crazy
2: the disease is the same name as the lab
1: and 28 days later, that virus is called rage and leaves the infected with a murderous desire to kill anyone they come into contact with. The infection is transmitted through chimpanzees that are experimented on, with the hope of curing rage and anger forever. This lab leak infects all of England over the course of a month. 28 Days Later is the only film we're discussing this month that's debated by horror fans on whether or not it's technically a zombie film. Infected are not dead. They are sick from a bloodborne illness. And their object is not to consume but to infect and kill one of the most disconcerting things about the infected is that they continually vomit up excess blood which then infects anyone who comes into contact with it once they are infected you have between 10 and 20 seconds to kill the infected before they come back or the bite usually takes a while to kill and turn the bitten whether or not it's technically of the zombie genre it's undeniable this film poured some much needed vitality into a 40 year old genre a decade later, World War Z would take the type of infected created by Danny Boyle and Alex Garland and use them for an actual zombie movie. In World War Z, the 10 to 20 second window became a 12 second window, but otherwise the infected were very similar. A year after the release of 28 Days Later, Robert Kirkman started the Walking Dead comic series with an incredibly similar opening. Rick Grimes, Mike Jim, 28 years later, awakens from a coma for to five weeks after the initial outbreak. They both walk. First through a hospital, and then through an abandoned city in the hope of finding their families. Interestingly, Alex Garland has stated that his original inspiration for 28 Days Later was not the zombie film genre, but a book, The Day of the Triffids by John Wyndham, about a killer plant that rampages through England, killing people. It was made into a movie in 1962, and is referenced in the opening to Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Fight a poison and kill.
1: I'm sure we'll get into the Is 28 Days Later a zombie movie debate tonight, but I hope we can all agree that quarantining England isn't a bad idea. What would
3: you do with a diseased little island?
4: They quarantined us.
1: Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say. Please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. J. World illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal and the frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. They just got back from touring on the East Coast. Jeremy Salman host of Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. Without further ado, let's get started.
3: Suffering, huh? <laughs> he was suffering, <laughs> suffering, suffering
1: from success, DJ Khaled.
3: Exactly, exactly. That's what I say.
1: Is that what he is? That what he called it? Yeah. There was a there was a, an album that he drops like in 2010 or something, and it's him with his hand like this, and he's like suffering from success. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel the same way. I have the same problems.
1: <laughs> you and DJ Khaled yep. on tour together.
3: Exactly. Like this, like this, I tell you. I saw Jeremy on tour though; that was cool. Uh, this was yep. like a long time ago now, but <laughs> that was a, that was a good time. Yeah, that was a, f-
4: a full. No, it was only that was that was just a month ago. Wow, geez, that has been. It seems
3: yeah, it seems like last week, and it seems like last year at the same yeah, time. Yeah, The only
4: yeah, nice little six weeks.
5: Yep.
4: So there wow. you go. Well, you're, I'm, a, you're, I'm on the slow
3: boat of meeting everybody on this show that isn't in the band.
1: you're uh you're back on the east coast right now though and i completely like it didn't occur to me to take out the uh you know that you just got back from touring on the i mean you did just get back from touring on the east coast but you're back there already
3: yep thanks for knocking me out (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: now they have like an entire coast to to stalk you from yeah, I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's somewhere on the East Coast.
3: Figure it out, people. Uh, but we're going to be back on the West Coast actually next month to make up the Oakland show. And uh, we're playing LA and um, uh, Joshua Tree, too. So are we doing the plugs already? Boy, that show went quick. Anyway, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, it's Best to break uh, podcast um, uh podcast orthodoxy and like front load the plugs because otherwise
3: that's no when clear. people are paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but it was it was very nice uh, meeting Jeremy at the Revolution All Show in, in Portland. Um, I, I don't care what anybody says; he's a great guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, what everybody else on the what everybody else who's been on this panel says. You know?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I so to immediately address Twenty Eight Days Later, uh, which I think is a genius movie, by the way, and. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it's it's sort of shot at the dawning you know, of digital filmmaking. So uh, certain aspects of that have not aged as well. But I think it still holds up. And actually kind of adds to the overall feel of it. Uh, as far as the infected versus zombies, I think it's an academic argument that is somewhat not...
1: What as, are we, not an academic podcast?
3: Well, sure, exactly. Well, <laughs> actually.
1: Uh,
3: but but I think the the, the fact that they're fast whether the logic of it makes sense, like in that Zack Snyder movie or in world war Z or whatever that was, it's impossible to understate how revolutionary that was at the time and how revolutionary this was where, again, the biggest problem in this movie isn't the zombies. It's like, it's like, oh, I mean, it's, it's, earth are infected or whatever. It's like, Oh no, humans are terrible too. Which again, like that's like, walking dead's brand proposition right i mean that's, that's that's like the whole like robert kirkman thing
1: they're not all they're all not only uh fast but they're all retired athletes i don't know right. how they, they only funny. infected retired athletes but uh yeah. they
3: all haul ass that's for sure yeah every <laughs> one of them hauls ass yeah they, went,
1: they literally only hired uh they went to a place that actually had like retired athletes that can no longer you know perform their sports and they hired them in mass to play like the the uh the infected in this I don't even. I didn't even know that was like a thing you could do. But it's a thing that I guess Danny Boyle knew that you could do. I don't know. Yeah.
2: England, well, they, they got a weird system with uh, with retired athletes. There,
4: I can't play
1: cricket anymore.
4: Although, no, no, although I was say, I think cricketers, I don't know if they're the best at running, but um, it's, <laughs> much like much like how. Um, I don't know, maybe a, a professional baseball players, and I am from Michigan, so I do remember uh, Cecil Fielder. Uh, we're not necessarily in the top, um, the top academic build for the particular gig. Although, well, two things: one is the, the there actually there is. Um, well, first, it's such an it's such an incredibly. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say internet argument, I'll say a uh, Reddit argument about kind of like you know internet fan culture pedanticism of whether it is or not. It's kind of like all you know the, the logic of the infection vac- factors are all the same. And the but anyway, but Reve- um, Return of the Living Dead had running zombies, they
3: did we, we, and also, it, that was never explained either. And we talked, yeah, no, talked
4: and, about it, that. and it just it made it funnier. Yeah, um, so, that's all you
3: need to know, really. But yeah, but this definitely started a trend of running zombies like your World War Z, as mentioned, um, the Zack Snyder movie that they called Dawn of the Dead. Like, it became like a thing for a while. Oh, no, zombies are fast now, <laughs> and it was started by 28 days later. I mean, because yeah. it wasn't I can't I believe I mean, they all
2: zombies fast now.
3: <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs>
5: but but <laughs> yeah, to be
3: clear, because I did see this in the theater, it was absolutely terrifying to be like, oh, whoa, like, like that's crazy, and like. Like, for instance, like, spoiler alert, when Brendan Gleason's character is all pissed off and he, like, yells at that bird who's, like, pecking at, like, the body. And, like, this single drop of blood goes into his eye and it affects him. And it's like, oh, oh, my God, crazy. You know, that's that's so messed up. Because, you know, it's like, okay, now he's got 10 seconds before he changes. And he was, mm-hmm. like, being, being like, kind of a dick <laughs> previously. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. And, and it's amazing that uh, there's actually a storyboarded ending to this that – totally bypasses the whole chris eccleston uh military plot entirely and involves like uh like some machine of god that is like you like you get a zombie you can do a transfusion with someone else and then they become like infected but that person's okay so it was basically a thin conceit to get uh the cillian murphy character to um uh, be like basically take the, take the bullet for Brendan Gleeson because he had he had like less to, uh less to lose, but then they were like that doesn't make any sense that doesn't why would you do that why would that? and and so they started like Garland and um, Boyle were like questioning were like yeah let's not yeah, do that
2: because it's a blood transfusion in that ending and, and yeah, the whole yeah. thing is like like it takes uh, like ten to fifteen seconds to affect you so like yeah, how can you do a blood how, transfusion
3: yeah so you're violating your own rules with that right and so and yeah it, yeah it's it's that means so you have to have fast doctors. Bastion,
5: <laughs>
4: yeah. Right. Well that, that's almost I mean, not only does it change the conceit, it's almost like it it's a, I mean at some point that turns it into like dealing with vampiricism almost.
5: Yeah. Uh, but it's
4: well it's and it reminds me of like the nineties. When Dark Horse Comics got the Alien franchise, and eventually in uh, in that one, they I think in some of the later stories they figured out how like people had figured out this like this you know like surgical procedure to remove you know to remove a chest burster, and it's kind of a thing. It's an interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily cheap, you know, kind of a cheap end run around, but it's, you have, it is, tra- it's diffusing the threat yeah, of, like, of, the, yeah. of, the, of the, of the, of it's diffusing the threat of, that's the thing is like the, the infection and the combat of like how the, of like the characters aren't killed, but they're definitely, you know, it's removing the damnation from the characters. Cause it's at one point. It'll lowers
3: the stakes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: For sure. For sure. They are, they are fated to die or they're fated. They have an ill fate and doing this removes that fate.
3: Yeah, and I think that that's, that's key to what makes 28 Days Later so vital is the fact that you see, like, at the beginning, like, one of, one of the characters, like, gets infected, right? And, like, sh- and the uh, and she doesn't even hesitate for a second, and he's like, whoa, whoa! Because, like, you know, it's like the whole, like, I just got up thing, which, again, Walking Dead totally used as well. But, like, you have to be that ruthless because you have seconds to act, and the next thing you know, you've got to infect a person coming for you that will then infect you. And, and again, this is... It's really hard to describe how revolutionary this was as a storytelling vehicle. And it's amazing to me that Danny Boyle was, the the whole reason he even did it this way is he's super fed up with, like, Hollywood uh, post Train Spotting, And they're just frustrated of, like, his lack of ability to, like, make the kind of movies that he wanted to make. So he's like, well, screw it. I'm just going to make this movie, which was meant to be, like, a little indie thing. And it ended up being like huge and had more and had like huge distribution and things along those lines. But like the whole idea of it being sort of like an indie affair is how we got Godspeed You Black Emperor, who are notoriously anti capitalist and like, you know, just kind of curmudgeonly and just flat out don't let their music be used for like movies or TV shows. Very 90s. Yeah, absolutely. And and, like the East Hastings is in this. And amazingly, like, it's in this, and it's, like, a key pivotal moment of, of the uh, of the movie as well, where he kind of discovers, like, oh, my God, like, every, where the hell is everybody? What's happening? Which is which is a very incredible, poignant moment. And then he also got, there's a granddaddy needle drop in there as well, one of the only other things from Modesto other than me and George Lucas. And uh, in addition to that, like, he had some Godspeed, you Black Emperor sound-alike music, which is hilarious in and of itself, because that composer uh also they did not give like when there was a sequel that Danny Boyle didn't even do they did not Godspeed did not get the permission to have the music used for that but the sound alike music is and then was used for like seven to twenty other movies because it's like oh that's cool creepy music but it's meant to sound like Godspeed you black emperor and that's what's so funny it was meant to be like you know close enough to avoid litigation and it started the sound alike trend that like is is, is we're lousy with now, and it all was like with this movie. I mean, there's other examples, but this is one of the more egregious ones. So yeah.
1: this is this is, uh, I found this clip of them talking about how they got uh, London emptied for that scene. Oh, that's awesome because I actually yeah. have
3: not heard of this. That's fucking cool. So awesome.
1: this is this is um they made some cop friends, which is kind of funny. Uh, you know, in London, which you know they're a little bit. I think they're a little bit more uh, relaxed. Bobbies. Yeah, than than they are in the U.S. But um, this is the story about it.
0: All oh, cops are Barbies. <laughs> film shows a post-apocalyptic landscape created in the aftermath of the epidemic. But creating a completely deserted vision of London was no easy task.
6: We never would have shot that with film. The police were quite happy. This as council doing it because We could do it quickly. We could be ready to shoot in literally minutes. Walking around deserted
7: London was a big buzz. It was action and you're in it. You know, there was nothing there, and once you get into that space in her head, it was just fantastic, you know.
8: What we're to do is try and find kind of iconic images that, again, did the work of a huge, huge budget, you know.
6: When you see the whole Westminster Bridge and the embankment all closed for you, and the traffic stop and you can't hear anything, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> the
7: triumph of actually managing
8: to make that look deserted, I think, is quite... Yeah, you know, it's incredible. One of the problems with emptying London now is that, like, I think probably before dance music, you could you could have probably done it, but now because of dance culture, of course, which has opened clubs, people are piling out of the clubs at dawn, you know, and they and they overlap with all the kind of people arriving to clean the offices.
0: The filming also required an entire section of the M1 to be closed.
8: I think they only gave us
0: it two or three goes at it. So you don't have very much time and so you're just under a great deal of pressure to kind of get this right
7: there was like windows where you have like i don't know three or four minutes to get the shot where the 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 the, the, the traffic is held down down the road um so it was brilliant but it was a weird experience again to see it is to see a, a a motorway of
9: that size just empty that was unbelievable i thought that was uh, quite chilling actually that set with the motorway blocked off and a big sign for manchester and desolation must be manchester
8: The whole of Manchester, the whole city. When you do it for real, things happen, you know, actors are different and it changes everything because suddenly it's there for the actors. They don't have to imagine they don't have to imagine that the traffic will be removed or that the dinosaur will be there. You know, it actually is there for them. Yeah man. Practical effects too.
3: Hell yes. yeah.
1: <laughs> I uh yeah, I, I really I like that a lot, and I like the story of like you know I, it's got to be crazy to like feel the entire you know stretch of highway just closed for you, and so you could shoot this like one scene, and like you must it must be like the most frantic fucking feeling in the world to be like no, we have to get this done because this traffic is probably backed up as hell behind. They, us. And they
2: were able to do it on sunny days in England, which is also amazing.
4: I <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was like four in the morning for apparently, so.
2: Yeah, which is when the sun comes out at four in the morning. Then <laughs> the clouds come in at, at like uh, nine.
3: Yeah, something like that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> the,
4: um, no, one of the, I think I'm trying to remember what, oh, the, yeah, one of the early bits of uh, talking about like crossovers that were later used by uh, Walking Dead, but when, um, i can't what was her name nicole like or the the uh, the the, the, uh, the lead uh actress was the lead, uh she was talking about how like you know other people just slow you down which is a full-on thing that would you know, it was just it's an interesting um yeah i think there was a big thing big walking dead thing too and it's kind of a thing where you've because i can remember um what was, was it? it like show?
1: is it i think there's the
4: swords is that I think that's part of, yeah, that's part of one of it, but it's also, it's kind of thing where I think many people included, because I can remember, I think even the like Jason Pargin on the old cracked podcast pointed out like how much horseshit that was. It's kind of thing, you know, it, it's kind of a thing of, it is a very like, um, like, brainwashed rugged individualist idea that oh no i'm yeah. gonna be surprised that, you know no it's not like we're, we're gonna you know we're gonna find the one people who have any sort of medical or pharmacy skills and like you know protect them at all costs because they're the ones who can keep, who can keep everybody not dead
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's the neoliberalism idea, right? Like all collective institutions, all collective reliance on each other has been um, at least aesthetically drained from society itself. Um, There was a really funny part of this uh, clip where um, he talks about the modern malaise. And it's a phrase that I used for the Shaun of the Dead uh, intro that we just did. And I was like, I was like, I would just finish reading Reagan land like and use that. And then all of a sudden I hear him talking about that in the in the intro for this. Sounds like there's
3: some infected at the door. <laughs> that
4: that was uh that were the upstairs neighbors, and I have no idea what the hell's going on up there. So hopefully they're
3: okay. Do they seem excessively angry? <laughs> um it's a rage virus right. joke. It's a rage oh. joke. Yeah. Oh yes, there.
2: okay. Or were they at all bitey? Yeah.
3: yeah. Do they have red eyes? Anyway. It's rage. No,
4: that yeah, the less, I, one thing I did not remember talk about like. There's a lot of '90s holdovers in this film. Well, I mean, it was shot and it was written and like it was written then and shot in no 01. But the fact that like yeah, eco terrorists are yeah. the are the villains who come in and uh, and
3: <laughs> kick everything off. Isn't that, um, that 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 was such a trope, especially like in the '90s, where because and they can't do that now because people are like yeah, they're right, they shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. And the, well, the thing is, I guess weren't. We're
4: I mean, it was, this would have been, I think when I, I remember, yeah, there were actually were raids on like makeup testing labs. Cause like, I can remember yeah. it was an entire Burke breathed, uh, put in, or breath. I don't remember how oh, you could pronounce his name, but that was an entire like plot in, in the later years of bloom County where, uh, Opus and build a cat go into they, they save uh, Opus's mom who's being, um, being held Seven. at a, Yeah, being tested at a a Mary Kay cosmetics factory and uh, as their jokes, you know, and they're they're breaking everybody out. And as the um, as they say, oh, no, even their Uzis are pink. So that that yeah, would it, make,
1: it didn't make the scientists look good either. That were you know uh, yeah. like literally torturing these chimpanzees. Like there was the head of the chimpanzee that they had taken off. I mean, you assume one chimpanzee's taken it from another one, but it's not like it's not like this. You you get the feeling like wow, scientists are good and the eco terrorists are bad. It's just uh, no yeah. scientists
2: are bad and they created rat monkeys. Yeah. No. Well, and, and
3: it's it just goes back to like you know starting up Jeremy, but it, it, it's it's like the the Jeff Goldblum Jurassic Park thing right yeah you know like with the whole like you're too busy act uh trying to figure out if you could and to figure out if you should and that that that, i mean and it used to be like a trope but now it's like you look at these like oh look we we made this uh robot uh operate on human flesh great like what you why are you doing that stop well, there's a, stop there's doing a that.
1: there was an experiment that they had they made a woolly mammoth the same way that they are they're yeah. talking about making a woolly mammoth yeah. the same way that they're making the genome in uh know, Jurassic Park. And it was like, it was like you guys not watch that movie like you stole the science from it but like you're not like uh you know taking the moral of the movie that you guys are literally copying <laughs>
2: but, but humans and oh, woolly we don't mammoths watch that looked movies. at the same time so so it's okay yeah, yeah this is
4: true <laughs> yeah they were still um they were still yeah, they were still here and there. But I think one of the other um well not just that, but yeah, I mean this is this is this is one of the things because at one point we should go through and just kind of like I mean how long if we did a segment just talking about what what this film uh, like riffs on, like I think I was only getting maybe six, like less than 60% of the references because I mean the film opens, I mean, not only is there a head fake, like there's a, there's, there's a kind of an annoying wink of like showing footage of like urban strife and whatnot, but there's a, um, there is, there's there there's a, there's a deliberate head fake. I mean, they're doing the Ludovico uh, technique on a, on a chimpanzee.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because it's so. The idea is that that's how the rage virus develops, right? It's just like from like this uh, this overall like this poor monkey is just tormented and tormented until like e- like every, I every piece of his brain is just manufacturing rage, and that's how like they like kind of create this virus, which is not really how viruses work but it's an interesting narrative structure you know well they go on
1: they go on to talk about ebola um in like a a sequel or like the graphic novel or something where they had the 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 monkeys changed like gene or something within an ebola virus which is why they start vomiting blood i I don't yeah i think it's the comic series or something or the the, the comic
2: inspired by the movie Mm-hmm. There you
1: go. The uh,
4: I, th- I think yeah, that was that was one thing I I ne- even at the time because I I did see this at the at the theater too, uh, which is weird because I was never a zombie fan. It was just kind of like this like supposed to be like this cool English like horror flicks like yeah no, let's go see this and it turns out yeah. yeah. It, Re, re, completely redoes the uh the zombie genre.
3: Well, it but, wasn't uh, really in correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't really market it as a zombie movie at all. It no. was more, it was more just like, oh, it's like they just showed like a you know, Celine Murphy, like the streets are empty. Oh man, what's going on? Then he's like someone running towards the camera, like, what? what was that? That's crazy looking. Mm-hmm
4: and this was yeah this and this was this was a summer release this came out uh if uh this was like domestically released in like june of 03 so yeah i can remember definitely see it because i can remember hearing about it and then i think a few months later seeing a poster for this movie called Shaun of the dead I'm like oh this looks funny and um and, and then hey you know, maybe this
5: is uh
1: part. 28 days later but funny yeah <laughs> um, but it's I, a um, I have this clip that's kind of an interesting uh, way to start that part of the conversation, though. This is um, very 2002 promo uh, from <laughs> from this docu- like making of documentary. But this is what I use for the beginning of it, where they start talking about pandemics and like the science behind why they picked like a, a pandemic to do this movie around and right. like to be listening to this in 2022 is like, oh fuck, like <laughs> it's different.
3: It's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But how far from reality, though, is the premise of 28 days later? And how protected are we from a new killer pandemic?
7: We evaluated overall trends in deaths due to infectious diseases. Looked at in this way, infectious diseases haven't gone away. They have increased as a cause of death in recent years after
8: decades of decline. The threat to us at the moment from infectious diseases is probably as big as it's ever been and getting worse.
5: The threat of infection to human mortality
8: on a worldwide scale is still very great. We have to anticipate that there will
4: be a major pandemic, at some stage, there will be many deaths associated
0: with that. I remember actually when I was at secondary school and my my teacher was saying that, you know, we shouldn't worry about global warming or any of these things. She said, you should worry about viruses. And that,
8: for some reason, has always stayed with me. Something very interesting happened while we were filming. There were two German scientists who um, created a totally synthetic um, polio virus but they got all the material off the web. This is the new fear, isn't it? You know, even in weapons of mass
6: destruction, what everybody's really worried about is the anthrax, smallpox, those kind
8: of things. Infectious diseases are indeed the new paranoia that's striking Western society. It is this fear of invisible threats to you, you know, just
9: something there in the air waiting to strike. If you forget about a disease and consider it beaten, then um, the organism will take the opportunities which you increasingly offer it.
0: Nothing else has the power to bring a nation to its knees, like the consequences of a killer epidemic.
9: I expect new things to appear over the years, but you can't predict when and where.
8: I don't think we're ever far from the next pandemic.
0: Over the last 10 years, an alarmingly high number of national crises have been a direct consequence of infectious disease.
7: There's always been rumblings. I mean, I always felt a little uneasy in in the way things have been going. It's constantly testing what the world can take, you know.
0: In the case of foot and mouth, it resulted in the slaughter of over 5 million animals. That's more than the entire human population of Liverpool.
9: We saw in the uh, foot-and-mouth epidemic just how quickly things can spread.
0: More than 127,000 farms... Foot-and-mouth epidemic is what I call this show. Yay! It put the greatest strain imaginable on the country's animal health services. Eventually, it resulted in the military being drafted in.
9: So you heard our broadcast? Yeah, we did.
3: Hey, just like this show. <laughs> yeah. I um, did. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't need
1: to. There was like two more minutes, but I don't, I don't need to play the full five minutes. It's all all like,
3: that hits so different now.
1: Yeah. But I mean, there was there was Ebola, there was uh, Mad Cow, there was, you know, the first SARS outbreak. Like, those were all in the early. Uh, oh, yeah. 2000 as like a threat. So like this, it just we happened to contain all of those until like you know novel coronavirus two or whatever came around, and that's when like all those predictions did come true. But you know it, it is like an idea. Like uh, what if what if we weren't able to contain them at, at that time? Like th- those could have yeah. easily been another you know serious pandemic.
4: I'm cu- I'm curious how long before the makers of Pandemic, the board game, put out a, a- <laughs> Put out like an uh, uh, a, an updated revision, you know, uh, inspired by real world action. You yeah, know, where at cool. some point, not only do you have people trying to fight the virus, you have people who are like trying to
1: spread it.
3: Yeah, chosen facts edition, exactly.
1: <laughs> Anti-vax card. You have pulled this yeah. card, and now you are not going to get vaccinated because you know God, uh, God doesn't want that. So you got to. Well,
4: well, that's the thing. Is like, I mean, and Derek Varney pointed out repeatedly. I think this, if nothing else, it's because uh, a lot of people kept saying it. Yes, yeah, dress rehearsal for climate change, but I think part of the the um, one of the things that Derek keeps pointing out is the the psychological effect is that the co- you know, cognitive distance is going to kick in to especially a certain uh, with a certain crowd at, and or a certain elite enough level where. Um, like the problem will be big enough that at some point it's just going to hit people so hard that they'll just it'll you know they'll just flip it and they they'll just you know start actively doing stuff wrong in in
1: you know thinking that they're making things better or they're doing self defense or whatever
5: but well, it's, it's going is, to be you know, uh,
1: eco fascism right like it, it's the yeah. idea that Um, Instead of combating a a pandemic or instead of combating climate change, you're going to, uh, you know, hoard the hoard the stuff for yourself while excluding everybody else. It's a you know, it it fits very comfortably into like the far right philosophy of uh, how to handle crisis.
2: Yeah,
4: well, there's that. But it's also I think far right stuff. There's. there is there there's the purifying aspects which i don't know if that's if that if it's necessarily going to be the the motivating factor but i just i just think there's going to be um i mean we're already seeing it. it's kind of well that's the kicker is like how much of the current state of either inability to um inability to either to face the you know i was say it's a hard enough thing of you know it's a hard enough thing to grasp but they're also they're in, in in you know the the amount of like of uh, ruling class decadence that as we see right now they can't even do shit right now to prevent the stuff and just everything is just yeah. degraded it's um you know uh, well there
1: was like the there was like the um mask of red death moment with obama having his like martha vineyard uh party like birthday party or something where he had all the elites come to like his fucking compounds i, I don't remember if it was martha's vineyard or if it was in like the virgin islands but he had he like at the height of the coronavirus pandemic he had all yeah, of the, it was martha's vineyard yeah he had all the elites come and like uh spend a bunch of time at his thing and i felt like it was like the mask of red death, the fucking Edgar Allan Poe uh, oh. story,
4: or even across the pond. Yeah, Boris having those—they're having like those, like pan, you know, pande- the lockdown curfew, you know, like all the parties that actually I think kind of like let gave the uh, gave the other you know the kind of the, the conservatives not really up with him, kind of an edge to kind of like help push and help
3: uh, you know help push him out. I mean, you guys don't think that started with those guys though, right? <laughs> no, no, like no, that's consistently no. been happening since there's been a ruling class. You understand? Yeah, that, right. No, but no, I mean, I think, uh, I think, I think <laughs> like, you got to remember this is
4: the second because of these. You know, the the the, the seventh fail set don't, of a seventh. The I only mean, difference is mean, it gets
3: I mean, reported to TMZ yeah. now. You know, yeah. that's <laughs> the only thing real we'll different. But like In I mean, Boris I,
1: Johnson I, having a party at 10 Downing yeah. Street. Look who's coming out. Oh, it's drunk Theresa May. Jeez.
5: <laughs>
3: well, and so something to remember about the time frame of this movie too, though, is this is, th- there was still belief in institutions to be able to handle a major crisis. This is pre-Katrina, right? Yeah. right? Katrina happens, uh, what, three years later, something along those lines. And that's like when there's this first big shake, of like, wait a minute, like, what is going on? Am I going to have to drive this water down myself? Like, what, are, are you kidding me right now? Whereas... The idea that like all of the institutions could completely fail was still like, oh my god, that is a horror movie, as opposed to like, that's just reality now,
5: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And, and it gets and it's gonna get worse and worse. Like, there was, you know, there's the conversation about like, um, a lot of people who have bought uh houses in Florida by like the shoreline or whatever as yeah. the water levels rise, they're uh, yeah, trying to the sell off their houses, yeah. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. so you're they could just sell that. their houses
2: in... if they if, 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 if they get flooded. Yeah
1: yeah. So, yeah, yeah,
4: cue the uh, cue the H bomber guard clip. So, uh,
1: <laughs> or uh, the I think Ben Shapiro said something where he was like, Why don't you just move? Why don't you just move to a different yeah. part of Florida?
5: <laughs>
4: yeah, well, that's still, that was the that was yeah, that was the clip it was like, you know, who are they gonna who are they gonna sell? Who are they gonna sell their houses to? Ben Aquaman,
3: I cannot adequately tell you how much I hate hearing about these people on this show. Ugh, let alone that guy who has the worst voice ever. But I think that like that's it's 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 worth noting as we like work. To, you know, but well, it's we, the most, and we, it's
1: just the most uh, you know spot on like uh, interpretation of the same like kind of ecofascism idea where it's just like you know uh, so much cognitive dissonance from the actual problem that yeah. someone's just like well, just sell your house. Like it doesn't matter whether it's Ben Shapiro who says it or ronda Sanders or something well it doesn't matter because like, you bring it yeah.
3: up constantly and you always do the, the impression and, and bring up all these right-wing personalities that i refuse to acknowledge exist but <laughs> i we are working towards climate change it's not that we're like not doing anything about it we're working towards climate change and this is going to continue to be a problem but this is something that like it, it is it really is astounding that what we just is a ho- harsh reality to us was actually the you know ho- horror sci-fi of like yesteryear and it's uh you know that that's that's so downhearted. It's like it makes talking about like movies with infected people running around like, like zombies kind of like seem like light by comparison. But it's something we're actively working towards because culturally, as, as, a, as a mass uh, average, we've decided we're not going to do anything about it. Right. Just like with the pandemic. It doesn't matter if you did everything right. It doesn't matter if you follow the rules the best you could possibly follow the rules. As a societal aggregate average, we decided to do nothing about it. So that's what happens. We did nothing about it. And 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 that's the problem with the commons is there has to be like individual action doesn't matter compared to the commons unless it's something where it spoils the result towards uh, what a uh, cumulative mass action of a majority would do.
1: Well, and the only time that you can really express it within, you know, the confines of popular culture, maybe not like, you know, maybe not like writing in, in you know, some journal or something, but like in, in popular culture is something like 2012, like an apocalypse movie that uh, has right. some kind of implication where it's either like a Mayan prediction or it's, um, you know, like this <laughs> yeah. huge disaster that happens, you know, unforeseen consequences. It's not like, hey, I mean, don't look up to the good job of it, I guess, where it's like, you know, uh, metaphorically like, oh, this is something that we could stop and we're actively choosing not to but like unless you have uh people actively trying to create that kind of story which you don't very often the only kind of connection you can really get to it because we are a uh you know whether or not we like to admit it kind of a theocracy the only way that you can really um
3: the only, that, I, I disagree it's a theocracy the only theocracy is towards money and corporate profit
1: but but if I'm there's... saying like a, a little bit of a theocracy in terms of like um predictions and uh you know like like Christianity and like it always has to be somehow transferred to like the book of revelations within pop culture or like a Mayan prediction or like, you know what I mean? Like this quasi spiritual or religious. Uh, there is an know.
3: overabundance of uh, Christianity within American popular culture. Uh If you look at the actual numbers of, of people that identify as like being very religious, it's it's actually far fewer, but and it's, dro- it's, and it's dropping, but then, and it is dropping, but then like, think of something like, like the exorcist or something along that. Right, like great movie, but obviously yeah. heavily steeped in Catholicism and, and, and religion things. So I think, what well, I, I see what you're saying as far as that goes. And, it, and but it sucks that like like first of all, that movie sucked 2012. Like that was not a good movie.
1: Well, no, that uh, movie was terrible. It was but, terrible. Uh, but know, like would
3: have been better if it was just like not like the Mayan prediction thing and just like oh no, this you brought this on yourself because you're <laughs> terrible. Then it would have been that movie uh, was it the day after tomorrow. Do you guys remember that? Like the climate change movie, yeah. uh, which was also terrible. Picture. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: but, uh, <laughs> terrible actually, in a different way. Watch, watch, watch me bring this back. Uh, the description that they have on YouTube for 28 Days Later is the scariest movie since The Exorcist. Like, that's the oh, the really? Kind of one. <laughs>
5: yeah, <That's
3: okay. laughs> hey, hey, facts, man, this is a scary movie. I saw, I saw this in the theater, I was like, this, like, I was freaked out, especially when, like. Like the way that he shoots it where you just see the people like you know, the guy got the thing that then I mean, that running and it's like, Oh yeah, my god, funny.
2: like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah,
4: he, yeah he's well that's thing. he's got like he's uh Danny Boyle doing running stuff, uh but shooting it in an extremely Danny Boyle fashion. Yeah. And it also screen around with their digital camera settings, so yes. that it made, to make it look weird. Because I think one of the one of his quotes was on the Canon uh, the Canon uh, cameras they have. If you there was a bit of the way that it was like high speed shutters, which has it had a different effect on a digital camera than it does on an analog. Yep.
3: And but it looks crazy. That. Nothing looks like it. And that's the thing yeah. is like nothing like it was a very specific. Time in filmmaking that you could do that and would look crazy.
1: I have, like, a, it would look I have a unique, I have a clip of uh, they're talking about they're they're um, you know, speaking of a theocracy, it's the theocracy of uh, digital filmmaking here. But um, they're they're very excited that they got to shoot this on digital film.
3: That's like the theocracy <laughs> of uh, of CGI, but anyway, yeah, it's he
1: seems podcast. not to like it though. I like that about him, yeah. I, Danny Boyle. Take, I
3: mean, he's made a lot of like. Mediocre movies, but practical effects all the way for that guy. Wonderful
7: relationship with my daughter and we're h- hiding out in the survival mode um, in a high rise flat. He was just a very beautifully written character.
9: I play a character called Major Henry West, who's a senior officer in the British Army. Um, he and his eight soldiers are uninfected. But basically what he's done is he's taken over um, a stately pile, a mansion. Um, and he's made it impregnable. High perimeter wall, which helps. And we've been lacing the ground with trip wires and landmines. You wouldn't want to mow the lawn, but if they get in, we hear them.
0: She doesn't trust the army saying that they have the answer to infection. Mm-hmm. And she knows that there actually is no answer to infection.
9: He represents the head and Jim represents the heart. And ultimately there's conflict between the two. I want to give you
0: a chance. Ate a more urban feel to the images, the filmmakers chose digital video over film.
8: I think it's
9: beautiful
8: for urban work. It has a grittiness about it that's uh, magnificent for your city movie, really. This is the way we record our lives. We're surrounded in the city by cameras. They're everywhere, and they're all these DV cameras, all types of them, and they're recording our every motion all the time. It definitely suits the suits the story, suits the British story particularly that sort of slightly rough edge. I think when you want something like this to feel really real, you know, it's an appropriate medium to use. Hello. A few occasions, you know, you might
7: just go, Phew. and there's a camera there, so you have to be aware of it all the time, you know. But it's great because you can get so many different perspectives, and you can do things it can't do with big 35mm cameras.
3: You can't just sort of wait for your for your single or for your close-up shot or whatever,
4: Mm. you're always mindful there's at least two cameras on the go.
9: Which you've got to be aware of as an actor, because you can sometimes think it's a wide and there's one stuck in there that is covering you very close.
3: The filming the TV while somebody talks is like I I, I forgot that the, the, I feel like the two thousands was lousy with that and the late nineties where it's like that's, somebody that's talking a, but you're, it's like filming the TV yeah that, that, <laughs> that, yeah that that's that's an MTV thing that is definitely it's an totally National Born Killers all that stuff yeah. MTV
4: MTV News uh, Real
3: <laughs> World yeah
4: that's hackers all,
5: uh, were, were, they did weird hackers like yeah yeah
1: they yeah. did a they did a funny uh, I, I feel like they were kind of almost parodying that in some ways when we watched the uh, the read through of Shaun of the Dead, and they oh, were yeah. in front of the TV doing the,
5: ooh yeah yeah like <laughs> the
3: feedback yeah, but uh addressing the letter of of the clip, which is super interesting. It is kind of cool to see, yeah. I mean, digital filmmaking was still new, yeah. like in the the idea that you could like you could just shoot and like you don't have to like change reels, you don't have to like change yeah. film stock. Yeah. You know,
2: you could just shoot.
3: You don't have
1: to look like Fritz Lang in uh, when we watch Contempt and he has the giant camera at the end of it and he's going through on the tracking thing like this.
2: Yeah, because cause you want to watch like uh, that your film stocks very similar, it, you know, if you you know when you change reels or whatnot, that, that it's not the yeah. same, you know, it's it's like the same brand or whatever. and, and I, I mean like like I think the movie looks like shit, but also at the same time it works because like it's artfully done.
1: It's. it's I mean, it's it's similar to like Blair Witch Project in that way. Yeah, actually,
2: that's a that's a fantastic example.
1: Yeah, because that's
3: very (laughs) first of all very much of its time too, and it's not designed to look like it's you know like Suspiria or something. It's or Who's the Caboose? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I've never actually sure. seen that. I, I should see that one of these. It's
2: absolutely it's worth watching. It's it's is it uh the most brilliant thing you've ever seen? No, it's I was fun. about to
3: give you props and then you, you had to go. Yeah, I want to say how to do, it. Say, to do I mean, it. More than likely I don't want to I don't want to compare it to like what hits
4: was, but um I don't know. Anyway.
3: I, I
2: enjoyed it. I mean that's all I'm gonna say.
3: Well, I mean, I think Blair Witch Project is another example of something that, would, that was a, a, a type of filmmaking that was sort of brought to the forefront that also had a bunch of imitators as well. And then, yeah. like, suddenly everybody was using shaky cam footage. Was like, oh, my God, please stop. I, I'm getting yeah. a headache.
2: I, I mean, <laughs> like, it's one thing when Paul Greengrass does it in, like, uh, Bourne where he actually, like, lays out the the yeah. uh, the space. And that, that's one of the things that, that like, you can kind of cheat a little bit with space. Right. But, but like, the thing is, though, is if you're going to watch a, uh, uh, something with shaky cam, you need to understand the space and and this movie understands that quite well because there is yeah. a, a very, um, you know, it, it is very artfully shot. Um, uh, which yeah. Is... I mean
1: the, the one shot, the one shot that I think stands out and we watched the clip where they're talking about, you know, clearing out the highway, but as they're going into Manchester and you don't see the city burning yet, but you see yeah. them reacting to the city burning. And then there's like that beautiful uh, like, you know, above, above, I, I don't think it was yeah. a, that it was drones that they could use to do that with yet, but they have like the nope. above
4: uh, this was years before.
1: You know, they have the, the shot from above and of the car going through and then, but you, but it cuts off right before you see uh, the burning city and then it slowly moves up to the burning city. I feel like that yeah. shot is, is particularly beautiful on this and, and uses that um, maybe not. It doesn't use uh, necessarily like the, the same digital filmmaking techniques, but like it does use um, uh, the space very well, I think. The one, although real quick one, one
4: of the things about like um in a, the just to hit just uh just to put a uh, little uh, add on to the little point about innovative filmmaking techniques but also uh there many many copycats i think the kicker yeah. about yeah blair Witch is that it i mean horror was always the genre that a lot of people you know get into because it's the easiest to make yeah um or the well Correction. Uh it's the cheapest to make, shall we say, uh, of the genre films, you know.
3: And people will make the most excuses for it. Right, but, you know, that too. <laughs> well that's I mean
4: they uh shit. It was a Dash Hammett was complaining about genre you about fans and lowered fan toler uh the fans low uh you know over um you know the, what kind of what what kind of what fans will the fans of a genre will tolerate in their in their given genre because he was complaining yeah. about this back in the 30s about talking yeah. about how like the average the average uh, de- the average novel the mediocre average novel is not published but the average detective novel is and, right. and yeah this is oh. stuff in the, but the but the the kicker i wanted to br- i want to bring up about like um people you know kind of like people kind of glamming on to like a new thing is that blair Witch showed um or at least reminded people of hey, here is a way you can do, um, you know, this found footage stuff that they'd come around with in the '70s and stuff, and yeah. you can do that, and you can make your movie even cheaper. And then, then, then come the onrush, uh, uh,
3: even and the- have that baked into the concept of the movie. People forget about that. People forget yes. that, like, like it was so. Like, is this for real? Like, like because yeah. it was just at that moment where like you couldn't debunk it with like three seconds on Twitter.
5: You know. The oh, no, <laughs> I will say uh,
4: I I although I w- I was a university student at the time and I did watch the first trailer for that in the computing
3: lab. Yeah, where well, they had like the, the website and you had to go to the website to like. Oh no, no, it wasn't even that. No, it was on a
4: quick time window in, on a on a university Mac in the uh, in the aerospace engineering uh, building in Ann Arbor, so nice and brightly lit. So it was uh, it was an interesting experience, but also but but because also the Paul Greengrass shaky cam thing in terms of a very particular, very arch style of filmmaking that people tried to grab on later and right. did badly. Watch the opening car chase of I believe it is um what is the what was what was the Daniel Craig Bond film that followed up on on uh casino royale? It was the um, second
2: yeah um oh shit I, it was on the tip of my tongue Got
1: was it was it uh Skyfall? No, 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 or... Skyfall. Oh no, 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 way before um, This is
4: like this is oh, the
2: second one. Know,
4: yeah. yeah, the, second, oh, it's the second one because there's a car chase that happens in the beginning of it that is completely incoherent where you can yeah. they the camera whips around and they cut so fast.
5: And
2: They're it's like, supposed oh. to be like the same day as the uh, uh as uh the you know um casino royale. Uh, but then, yeah. like he's wearing a completely different outfit, which is weird. Yeah, but also, but just
4: in terms of just trying to communicate, like what is happening, it, like you can't, it doesn't work as like a Bond card or car chase or even a Bond car chase because it's like you can't track what's yeah, going on. Because that
2: movie had so many problems because of the writer strike. But
4: yeah, well, I mean, at one point, yeah, you know, well, we'll say that they at least uh, had a cool parkour scene in it. That was neat Talking about Quantum
3: but, of Solace. Yes. Yeah. Quantum of go. Solace. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Uh, um, another good example: Children of Men, one of my favorite movies. The uh, the action scene, like near the end, like it's like which is basically shortcut to PTSD. Um, you know, very much uh, u- unique and modern filmmaking style. That uh, it was you know, there's a lot to love in that movie, and we got to discuss a few of it when we actually covered it. Yes,
2: yeah, no, that, that was actually only a few shot. though, and you got that sense of space too, like where everything's coming from. Yeah, because they were doing it from one camera. Yeah, and to mm-hmm. the point
3: that, like, I mean, the, one of the most notable things about it is like when the there's like blood that gets spattered on the camera, and it's, it's such an incredible moment that I uh, kept it in, and it's, I mean, it's it's just it's one of my favorites, and it's it's interesting that like there were people who were being so inventive about the technology then, and then immediately started taking it for granted.
5: Yeah, and <laughs> just, just, mean, just I mean,
3: making really happened, long right? ass movies. <laughs> yeah, that's the. You know, that, I mean, that's part of the. It's part of the
4: downfall of. um I mean, that's kind of the. <laughs> That's the story of of advanced technology and creativity. Yeah. Uh, anyway, is like it, it always like you immediately. It's like once you immediately establish it, then it is very, very, very easy to you know if you if you have enough like you know fun you you, have, you know a studio can throw up enough uh, capital for you to buy the, all the new toys to do it. It's uh, pretty easy to uh, to grab it.
1: The um, well, it's also a lot of young directors probably trying to make their name doing something. It's like you know. Yeah. They're not going to be given like a, a full a full-fledged budget at the beginning of it. So the easiest thing you can possibly do is kind of remake uh or you know create some kind of horror sequel or like rip-off or something. And, and it feels yeah. like that's a that's a genre that like people don't really, you know, get that upset about other people ripping off the ideas that they come up with.
2: Well also I, oh go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, counterpoint, uh, you know, James Bond the third, um, he directed that uh Fantastic movie, uh, which I can't think of the name of off the top of my head, but it's about vampires in the hood uh, in the early '90s. Um, and, and he he made this movie; it got you know uh, fantastic reviews. All the studios wanted him to do uh, horror movie sequels, and he's like, "No, I, I I did a horror movie. I wanna I wanna do something else." And uh, you know, couldn't because he he started off doing a uh, a genre piece.
4: Which is actually and the opposite is now where, you know, young promising filmmakers who don't do genre pieces, but who get snatched up. And then this is all. And I think the Bond franchise, the Broccoli family kind of like led the way on this, but they get snatched. They get they snatch up, you know, young promising filmmakers who had maybe a hit or two on the indie side and saddled grab them drag them into the big franchise machinery where all of a sudden you go from like a little indie thing to having some huge sprawling you know big you know big blockbuster attempts where they're where you know i think where as one of my uh one of my film ta's would say uh it's a you know a deliberate attempt to kind of overwhelm the director so they have to rely on the producers and they want to like you know the producers are the ones pretty much steering the ship and um now you have like with where now you have like directors who are kind of like almost like they get trapped into the uh, um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, maybe not compl- maybe not always Disney Marvel, but that happens a lot, you know. Um, yeah, well, Josh Drake
2: happened, uh, that, that happened to him with Fantastic Four, yeah, or Fan Four Stick.
4: <laughs> well, and then sometimes, what's his name? The um, was it Colin Colin? What, who's the Colin who did Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park movies, who also did, um, uh, he started out doing with a time travel movie with uh, with Aubrey Plaza.
3: Oh, um, uh, that, that's good, uh, Colin. That, Colin that,
4: Trevorrow, that I think. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the cool thing. Well, that's the thing is, like, like he he does that. They grab him, and then they're gonna have him do. He's gonna do uh, Rise of Skywalker, but he puts out. Uh, what I can't remember what the name of that, the, the weird like the weird drama that he puts out that, he, that everybody has like a real bad reaction to, so they kind of kick him off the movie and they had to like toss him back to JBA, and then he winds up with Jurassic World and like just go and winds up, like, uh, <laughs> you know, it becomes a hit and he can, you know, he can now start doing, making blank check movies, so.
1: Well, I mean, well- that's kind of what they did with uh, Taika Waititi, right? Like, they had him do the Marvel, uh, what, Thor Ragnarok and – um mm-hmm you know, as like after doing like indie comedy, indie comedy, indie comedy, they had him yeah. do that. And now he's kind he, of- He did uh, indie
2: dramas too, but yes.
1: Yeah. But, th- but now they have him kind of hooked into doing multiple Marvel films, which isn't bad, but like, you know, it, it is kind of uh moving him up from like a very, uh, like an indie an indie position to, you know, um, having to restructure an entire uh superhero franchise in some way, because that movie, you know, it was getting pretty stale, I think, with the Marvel movies. And then he kind yeah. of- breathed fire into it really but then that, that
2: also allowed him to do things like uh uh reservoir do- uh, reservation dogs which is a fantastic show that uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about extensively on this <laughs>
3: yeah i, no, I think no. this this topic well hold on this topic is like more three times since i've been trying to jump in and move to something i don't want to talk about even a little bit from something i would want to talk about a lot which is All to right, we'll go back to say that like post spotting, boyle was having a hard time with hollywood like getting stuff yes. made. He had like a life less ordinary after that. And he was just getting really frustrated which is with the fine. fine. It's okay. It's like whatever. It does no harm. Yeah. Right. Um, but like he was basically super sick of having to deal with like the fact that like he had this, this success, but having to like deal with all these other opinions with people, you know, art by committee, et cetera. Et cetera. And so 28 days later was a reaction to that. It's very funny. The the movie after this is Millions, which is like the treacly Christmas movie. Um, which is, you know, it's not, it's fine. It's, I mean, like, it's pretty, it's pretty different though. But then Sunshine, like after that, right? So it's like- With,
4: with Killing Murphy, yeah. Uh,
3: exactly. And then uh, after that Slumdog Millionaire, that's a huge hit, everything like that. But I think it's so amazing that like you can tell- that a lot of the innovation that Twenty Eight days later has, whether it's cinematography, whether it's uh, you know, shot composition editing um, it's, it's just trying to use the tools to make something exciting and cool. And like, remember why like doing film in the first place. Remember this was going to be an indie film. That's how they got Godspeed on board. And mm-hmm. then like gradually I was like, Oh, this is good. Oh no, this, this is good. And it can make money. And it ended up kind of like being like a pastiche of both those worlds. But I think that, and I'm bringing this up because we've talked a lot about, you know, whether it's Dead Alive um, and uh, Peter Jackson getting the money from the government to like, to, to do that, or whether it's Night of the Living Dead, whether, you know, borrowing the car to like, you know, just whatever means necessary to like, to make it and use it uh, and use it as an avenue for like telling stories and like making filmmaking and how it's fascinating that so many of these, of these touchstone films of the genre that we've covered all this month, a lot of them are you know, guilty of that, like which is to say that like guilty of innovation. Now, granted, that's usually what we do. We want to talk about the ones that are like interesting, right? But it is astounding how many movies in like the zombie pantheon, if you will, whether the infected count as zombies or not is a entirely different conversation. Go to Reddit to fucking discuss that. I don't want to hear about it. But like, it's innovation after innovation after innovation. It's usually because of frustration with a system. Lack of uh, lack of budget, um, you know, like there's there's certain frustrations that are built with it, but it's very consistent.
1: And, he and picked, I think that's he picked, amazing. Uh, Alex Garland because he was a writer first, not a completely unknown yeah.
3: Alex Garland. Like this is years before uh, X Machina or um, Annihilation. Uh, Devs is brilliant. He wrote Devs too. I think I think Men is interesting.
2: Yeah, because he was a who's a novelist <laughs> before, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. And but this is this is like what the kind of. This brought him to Hollywood, for better or for worse. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he, he, he wrote The Beach, and that's what uh, his novel The Beach oh, is yeah, yeah, The um, Beach
2: is how uh, they hooked up.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. So he was beach like, I really like that. this guy's novel, and I think he could do a really good job with this. Uh, the ironic point is that, you know, Alex Garland actually is a huge zombie film fan. Like, he's watched all of them uh before yeah. making this and have you, have uh, you guys
3: and, ever seen the beach that's the one that's after uh Life is Ordinary that's the one
1: that's the one where the the, the beach it. makes you old right uh, yeah no. I saw that. no
3: that's <laughs> yeah that's it, that's beach they uh... And then they, uh, they,
4: then they play they play Blue
2: Monday and anyway,
3: but... <laughs> Tilda Swinton's in it I think I saw it I didn't make a huge impression
2: but uh yeah Yeah, i I can't remember (laughs) if i've seen it or not to be honest
3: with you well it came out of that time period let's let's see it's it's 2000 right yeah so it's it's that sort of late 90s malaise it was after life less ordinary is after transpotting uh well before this Um, yeah he was
2: trying to do something big hollywood uh, but something he wanted to do because he loved the book and uh movie's okay if i remember correctly
3: yeah, it's 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 mostly harmless, right? But anyway, yeah. but it, it's it's I I think it's cool that because first of all, I think again, got to point out the fact that this is incredibly influential for the, the zombie movie pantheon, and we can include because it always comes up anything after two thousand. Anyway, we, we can include Walking Dead. Yeah, so that, wait, wait, else, what, what, what I'm
1: trying to say about this is that uh, he was a huge fan. Danny Boyle was not and hadn't seen really any like um really oh the, wow the okay. So when when he decided That's to make awesome. zombies for this, he was like. It would be terrifying to have fast zombies in this uh, as like their you know their mode of of, of movement or whatever. And Alex Garland was like, well, they don't really do that. Like you know, it's zombies, and he's like, yeah, but I don't want this. Yeah, I but why not? <laughs> to have yeah. the guy kind of lumbering around and like that. There's nothing really scary about that anymore, is there? So it's it's his kind of uh, lack of interest in creating. Um, i love that because because it, it was an accidental innovation
3: right because yeah they did exist and like you can ask for return of the living dead sure but when played as a straight horror film like i mean it's terrifying
1: and then uh and then world war z obviously takes this exact kind of zombie and like transfers it yeah th- that's like to the to the ne-
3: to the nth level more so than even the actual yeah. sequel of this which i will not speak of thank you did um I never actually saw the film version of
4: of War Z. Did anybody did any of you listen to Max Brooks's audiobook version of it?
1: No, I've just seen I'm, the movie. I'm familiar it's, with yeah. it,
2: but I haven't read it. I, I wasn't the- spoiled it. <laughs>
4: because, well, um, just I mean, he he has said that like the he deliberately was oversaw the audio production and casted it too. Like, everybody, I mean, like Rob Reiner, you got all his dad's friends that, like Rob Reiner's one of the voices in it. Uh, Shuriken Prochnow is in it. Um, God, who else is in it? Uh, hmm. like, um, Mark Hamill is in it. There's a, there's a bunch of great, bunch of great voices in it, but it's, uh, I mean, he pretty much said that because he was. Was he, you know, growing up, I think he mentioned, referred to it, maybe having like had kind of like a learning disability of certain things. But uh, his, pa- both, um, his parents, both his parents, Mel Brooks and Aaron Bancroft, were really supportive and they got him a lot of audio books. So he was a real big fan of audio books as a wow. medium, proto-podcasting. And so, but to him, the audio version, the kind of like, you know, uh, well, cat, you know, uh, proper Hollywood actor cast audio version was his film version of it, and he was kind of like, "Yeah, I made I made my film version of it." Like, you know what? You know, it's like, they can do whatever they want to do with the actual movie. So, um,
1: yeah. Well, so, but I don't know the movie version of it. Uh, down like to like even the even the movements of the actual like when they yeah. turn right, like because they have the twelve seconds. Like even those movements are kind of exactly the same um, idea, I think, as as twenty eight days later. But of course, with you know. Being zombies in this case, and not, and they also they also take the ten to twenty second window or whatever and turn it yeah. into a twelve second window. They're doing, I mean, that, that part's pretty creepy. But the, the, the
3: Snyder movie does does that too. That they call the, the Dead.
1: Yeah, it's
4: actually like remind. I think genre has a way of doing this in the way that non jet like dramas don't. Is in genre films, once you've established something in one film, you can then science fiction. I think did this more than anything
3: carried forward <laughs> yeah it's like you no
4: longer have, like uh star wars did not have to re- uh, refer to you know faster than light travel or shields or even proton torpedoes they could just mention it because Star Trek had already had already established the well sure. i mean it, it aside for a lot of i mean shields show up in like in like Asimov stories in the 40s.
5: So, but but, it, that's,
3: but but since it's been popularized, it's it's considered canonical, and you don't need to explain it every single right. time. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's
4: like you mean, we, you know, it's like we know how, um, you know, people know how a spaceship works. You don't have to explain the concept of like a blaster rifle, um, that kind of thing. It's like once it gets established in, the, you know, in in in, uh, you know, once it gets established in a certain enough thing, it's like okay, we just re- it just becomes a thing. You can refer <laughs> to <it.
5: What>? Barf. <sighs>
3: Not in here. Not in here, You. This is a Mercedes. So. <laughs>
5: uh,
3: sometimes the comment section is like so on point, and I feel like it's just like another person on the show. And sometimes it's just Mr. Pink Barf. <laughs> so.
1: Well, no, Steve said Reservoir Mogs. No, um, no, like I, I, anything, I, I saw, yeah. I saw the thread, but
3: like apropos of nothing. Jeremy's trying to make a point in Mr. Pink Barf. There you go. <laughs>
4: the, um, I think the other kicker is is one, one of the things that rewatching the film last night that I complete. I rem, uh, I remember this part. Of, you know, the entire like how the how the the film broke down but it never occurred to me how much of the third act of the film is it's just, it's, it's first blood it's entirely like first blood of him yes. oh, like you have the uh the beat the guy beaten up by uh by rogue uh by rogue not rogue good but like you know members of the military harassing uh this you know a really uh muscled white dude with no shirt on running through the rainy forest who goes nuts and all of a sudden you know Goes predator and uh, yep. and starts you know icing people one by one.
3: Well, and and Chris Eccleston, the Ninth Doctor, in, yep. in, in a great heel role here, like as like you know, like like at first, like oh, this is the guy who's like maintaining continuity of like services and order and civilization. And it's like oh no, he's just literally trying to keep his soldiers appeased, and he's going to do so in the most misogynistic way possible by essentially conscripting any woman that comes in the door as like a, a tool of pleasure. Cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, like, <laughs> yeah he, the the like, weird
1: it. reason he has for doing, I'm not, not weird, but like to keep up the, the morale of like literally finding the one guy that they have dressed up as a woman already. That's yeah. uh, cooking the food that they're just relentlessly shitting on um, to have like, he finds them with a gun in his mouth. I mean, if you believe his story, at least like, you know, no, his,
3: his, what makes him a good character is that the rationale for taking those actions makes sense they're yeah. logical it's just that it's taken to such op- incredible extreme that if you have the remotest bit of empathy it's like well hold on a second nobody signed up for that like yeah you can't, you can't just conscript people in because you've got guns because well he's uh, he's kind of a. I i
1: mean i don't mean this in like uh you know he's he's crazy kind of way but like it's kind of old, uh it's like, old school, it's, like a, it's kind of being a a, a psychopath right like yeah he's, he's people killing people he doesn't find that to be um, good or bad. He's just like, that is what it is. And then in the same way, conscripting a, a woman into, you know, uh, being forced to have sex with his, you know, his, his regiment or whatever. It's not in his mind, a uh, good or bad thing. The violence is not a good or bad thing. The violence just is. And it feels like that's like psychopathy, I guess, as a thing in the same way. He that, even I mean, goes he to
3: Jim and tries to be like, hey, you know, I got nothing against you. You know,
5: like,
1: yeah.
3: welcome to like, what is like, no, no, I, mm-hmm. I've got something majorly against you. You can't it's, do it's this. the same way that he
1: uh, chains up, he chains up Mailer or whatever. And he starts saying like, oh, well, yeah. you know, he can't farm. He can't, you know, we can't utilize him. He can't cook. Yeah. Like, there's nothing he can do. He's thinking about this stuff, not in terms of humanity. He's thinking about it in terms of completely, you know, what can be utility. utilized. And what utility. Yeah. It's 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 not utility. Real yeah reproduction of society
3: yeah yeah which yeah that i mean that like look i'm i'm like the idea of like okay we keep him chained up to, to see how long it takes before like they finally like is not a threat anymore that's actually smart military tactics frankly but it's i mean it's obviously horrifying and like uh subhuman to to do so but uh, you know like from a tactical standpoint yeah, huh, It's probably a good idea.
1: Um, so this is this is a a clip I have about the military training that they actually underwent for this movie. Um, also, Christopher Eccleston blonde in this. That's
3: it. <laughs> yes. I think it's the one time i have ever seen him blonde. Mm.
1: So this is this is uh, this is about the actual because they had them undergo like a, a short uh, military training like hmm. thing to actually um, be able to play soldiers. So I thought that this was kind of interesting. Which, Chris Eggleston is, is the one that's like most in this clip. And he's explaining like, he's very squeamish about guns, which is kind of funny. He's like, this it's really not, not my thing. <laughs> <film." laughs>
3: what an English thing, too.
1: The film
0: also required a large team of makeup artists to create the infected look.
8: We've been experiencing a lot of gore at the moment. A lot, lot of gore. Lots of, um, lots of buckets of fake yeah. blood. and
7: Gallons of spewy bile. And- Edible vomit,
5: and
7: all sorts of different variations on blood, um, but you become immune to it. I mean, you know, you are sitting down having your lunch, hit the foot, and
0: bleh. it's a bit surreal. You're sitting there, and then there's just like an infected person walking past, eating, when they're you know, like sitting next to you and whatever. Yeah,
9: and it is very gruesome. Very was, gruesome. I still got a bit of him in my teeth, but. Danny, I thought, oh, he really likes all that stuff, doesn't he? Because he's behind the monitor, you know? And I thought, oh, yeah, it's a recurring thing we've done in this sort of ultra-violence. There's two kind of effects
8: in the film, really, um, to try and create a kind of both a plausible world, i.e. a post-apocalyptic plausible world, and also an atmospheric world that is very that has a strange atmosphere about it. The one that really got me was the rain because
6: rain is really really makes things so difficult because by the time you got the rain right and the light right and the angle so you could see the rain and then trying to do the shot you know it was
8: that was very difficult we use the digital effects more to try and create an atmosphere particular use of colors in the film because you're in a digital medium anyway it's very responsive you can actually play with uh, the visual impact of the film in different ways. You know, there's a freedom to do that.
0: Essential for the action sequences was a high level of fitness, and some of the cast endured military training.
9: We had a um, two-three day boot camp where we did military exercises. It was um, an experience, to tell you, the, yeah. to tell you that much. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm I'm used to staying indoors overnight and stuff like <laughs> that. <laughs> that didn't really work out. It was hard stuff,
7: but. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I stuck it out because I think it's all showing on screen.
9: And they're putting us right on the edge. Of yeah, yeah. Right there with the stuff that you're doing, there's a rule in the army, but forces generally a leap and a bound. You should never be more than a leap and a bound away from your own personal weapon. And uh, and after two days, they're starting to get it, and you can see them getting nervous when they're a little bit further away from their own weapon. I use both the machine gun and then a mounted machine gun, um, which is I I find pretty frightening to be honest, you know. I didn't particularly get a buzz out of it, it's not something that uh, I, I enjoyed, but you know, I can see why a certain sort of man may feel more potent. And then we had two days actually here on location, teaching them basic infantry skills, um, as well as the specific tasks that they all need to carry out in each individual scene. Learn a little bit how to move like a soldier, and obviously how to think like a soldier. Um, actors learn a lot more quickly than soldiers do. Which is, which is a great relief, otherwise we'd have had to be here for six months before we did this. I do, you know, I use my imagination a lot of the time, that's what my job's about.
1: So, much, God, so What, much what real- a silly man! In some ways, he's like so
4: so, much, <laughs> so so much real world '90s MTV news. So
3: it's so blatant. Now, now that you said MTV, I'm like, yeah, it's it's way MTV. By the way, uh, you, you guys were talking about James Bond earlier. I forgot uh, Naomi Harris, the, who's the, the female lead in this, is Money Penny in the in the these this most recent? Yes. Because uh, I was like, what else has she been at? I feel like the other stuff I've seen her in, I was like, oh yeah,
1: she's been into in a crazy amount of stuff. Basically.
3: Even all kinds of stuff. Yeah, moonlight and stuff.
4: But yeah. Oh, but it's also talk about like yeah the um just the uh, the black hole of gravity that American Cape shit is to drag people in. It was it um Eccleston was in a Thor movie as well as a uh, Killing Movie was oh first yeah. time I remember I I see I didn't I didn't connect him to this but when I uh, because he's the Scarecrow in uh, in, in Batman uh, the, the Batman yeah the first Batman.
2: he's in all three of the Nolan Batman movies. Here's a sound I was partner. I was trying to I was, remember like, what it
4: right, is, but yeah, in, in the first, I just remember, I just remember because of the first one, because he's got that hair, but he also has on like those very, um, you know, right when like uh, glasses styles you went from like black plastic to like clear and like narrow end, but he's this weird like baby face, almost like he looks like a, he looks like a Thunderbird because he's like this, like so plastic, almost like marionette like with like a, um, with, like, a, like, a, like, a like, fake plastic skin and like see through and like clear plastic frames.
1: You know, I was sorry, I, I was trying to remember what I uh, knew Naomi Harris from, and one of the things from a really long time ago is uh, she was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. As oh, the, okay. Yeah, where she had the she had the uh, teeth and the dreads or whatever. Um, she oh was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: got those movies are so. Like people love to talk about how like instantly forgettable Marvel movies are. That's what all those movies are for me. Those Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. movies. Like I can't. Maybe remember the first,
5: first one's
2: worth you know talking about, like, like yeah. watching uh, again. I, I again. know I've seen them all. I, I couldn't tell uh, yeah. you yeah. single thing about any mm-hmm. of them. No, except uh, for the first one. The first
3: well,
1: one. They're, out, they're, they're pirates, and they're yeah. in the Caribbean. yeah. Johnny
3: Depp's running around and you know <laughs> acting yeah. like uh, Keith Richards. Richards. Yeah, that's it. That's,
4: that's, yeah. that's the thing is like he's he's so much Keith Richards that when Keith Richards did his own audiobook, they had johnny depp uh re-
1: read slash perform it
2: and i think keith um, richards actually is in one of the pirates movies yeah
1: he's his dad he's jack's dad okay. he comes back as his dad and he's see, like, i forgot oh, that like, i've oh, seen i whatever movie that was
2: yeah. i've
3: seen it and i forgot i was
1: the right age for the first one when it came out like you know yeah. what i mean like it was a it was a movie that like you could watch It's pg-13 and like i don't know i was just so you, you, I, you, I remember poor, that movie for that. But you
4: poor sod, you you had you been a had you been a a PG thirteen film in the eighties, you'd at least be able to see uh, boobs. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know after uh, you know the internet took care of that. The yeah.
1: um, um, well, although I see, see, you just get to see now. You just get to see guys going. Like Johnny Depp did throughout,
5: <laughs> yeah, for, you know,
4: for four, yeah, for four feet, yeah, for four entire features. Although, one of the, I only did see the first one, I did kind of want to see like one of the later ones because I guess because of, I guess they had Chow Fat in it. And I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to have him in this. Hmm. Two yeah, I, I saw
2: that be- movie. I can't remember anything about it. can't remember
3: anything about it. Anything about it. Like, you I know, know like, here's it's the it's thing
2: if Chow like and Fat is speaking English in the film, you know, it's not going to be good.
3: <laughs> Although
4: he does, right. he does, he does sing uh, the Lionel Richie song a little bit in Hard Boiled, which yeah. when I remember for years after seen Hard Boiled, had no idea what the hell song they were trying to perform because all of the, um, anyway, the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Lionel Richie's uh, 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 Hello. Uh, and that's one of the, but the two, the two, the two things that I just want to mention was one, we saw a shot of the, uh, the kind of 9-11 memorial wall. Mm. Which yeah. again, they were they were they were filming when 9-11 happened, yeah. and that and apparently like they, uh, they I guess they got a lot of shit from that, and they're they're like no we got this this was the, you know we saw this in a because it, uh, the same thing happened after a Chinese earthquake where the same things yeah thing and um, which was kind of um, you know interesting um, you know funny how that all turned out and I think the other thing was. Uh, the, 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 a lot of the, again, there's a lot of <laughs> like 90s critiques of consumer culture, the, um, the kind of post dawn of the dead of like, you know, people like hoarding aspects of the previous life. Like when there are when the military is like, is um, at the manor and you just see them like just stockpiles of, cons- of like consumer electronics yeah. in the background still in the box that they cannot use because they don't have power. And uh, it's never really remarked upon, but it's just kind of like it's just it's nice set dressing.
1: It's also funny that they uh, they hole up in a manor. They don't hole up in a in in the barracks or like something like that, right? Like yeah. they, they find themselves like a nice uh, you know English manor to to hole up in.
3: With it, with like on like a you know an acreage of land that they can landmine the area around it. It's actually pretty smart if you got access to that kind of stuff, frankly, um, and you're that unfriendly. Uh, I think the major Henry West character, Chris Eccleston, is a good character, and I think he's a, like the best heavy that they they could have had for this, because it is kind of strange how it's almost two movies. There's like the pre-military part and the post-military part, and Jeremy, I think, is very astute that it's very Rambo First Blood, like once, once like jim's like running around and he's got like you know blood on his face and he's like like smoking. yeah he goes go, yeah
4: go for like full go on like full gorilla you know yeah. gorilla fighter uh predator but also yeah and yeah just uh, that's the thing we talk. we mentioned before about how many how much this film re- uh, you know refs from day of the triffids to dawn of the dead to first blood but also a shit ton of day of the dead um I, I can't
1: I can't hear about uh first blood without thinking of the It's always sunny episode where they kind of remake it with uh <laughs> with cricket or whatever and fucking Danny DeVito's like, He drew first blood. And he's like, Is that is that Rambo? I think you're confusing your life with Rambo's life again. And he's like, No, nah, it happened to me.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh oh,
3: kitty. Um Brendan Gleason's great in this too. Like I, I only mentioned him like with his death scene, but I, I, he's a great actor in no. just is, is amazing. Yes. Um, he's really great in the Stephen King show. Uh, Christ, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it, he's, he's really great in that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like,
5: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's been in
3: all kinds of stuff. Like, he, <laughs> and he's like, he, what I like is that he's the right age to be like, you know, he's a good dad. But like, you know, it's not like weird or anything along those lines. And it's just, it's just like, oh, it's you don't see lots of those kinds of characters in these kinds mm-hmm. of movies, in zombie movies, or where it's just like, no, he's just a good dad.
1: Like
3: yeah. he's a good dude, but he's just a good dad. It's not he's like, a, he's it's a not good weird. dad,
1: but you can also tell that he has like a drinking problem and like a little bit of a problem with you know rage, which ironically, of course. Yeah.
3: Uh, which, which is very <laughs> ironic, considering yeah. this great virus But <laughs> if like, only, I if think that,
1: if only they had cured that somehow.
3: But is is depiction <laughs> as like a huge like a human, right? A human in his totality. It's really good, and it makes it all the more like, no, not that guy. Like when yeah when he goes, he's like, no, it's not. And I mean, I thought there would be the, any uh, good choices at that point. The
1: shopping but. cart scene we haven't talked about that. I really like oh, yeah. when they're in the supermarket and they're all kind of running around, and she's like. Uh, if I had never see another chocolate bar again, and then immediately goes for the fucking chocolate bar. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's another orange oranges it, in it.
4: No no, no, no. It's a chocolate orange. Have you ever had a chocolate yeah. orange? Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. Yeah.
3: And that's the, uh, I think the granddaddy song is playing that, which is a great uh, usage of that song.
4: The, um, also, the one thing I, that I realized last night was kind of a nice little quirk of the shot of them, you know, driving away with the four carts leaving there. But at some point, because the carts move, they, they, they're they not anchored, so they start rolling. It looks like the carts are turning to, much like how the end of Wicker Man has the kind of an accidental, like, movement with uh during the fire sequence at the very last shot the, the carts kind of move and it looks like the carts are turning to watch them go. Oh so I, <laughs> well, I didn't even notice
3: that that's, that's
4: yeah I just thought it was a really nice touch. <laughs> Plus, well,
3: well, it's, it's got I big Omega it's Man amazing, vibes uh, those carts are you so long. <laughs> yeah Zach it's not just humans are like but it's got it's got big you know and, and again just gonna invoke I am legend again it's got omega man vibes right and, and like like sort of uh and all the various iterations of it pull from different uh different parts of it and some of it's better than others, but like the loneliness of it being just like, no, there's no one around. Like I can just drive my car into this like shop window and who gives a shit? Is that like,
1: is that know? what you guys wanted to start uh Apocalypse Month with uh Omega Man? That, that could be interesting as like an immediate corollary between this season and uh and I'm not against it. I mean yeah. I, I just right.
3: I just to be explicitly clear,
1: uh Last Man on
3: Earth, Omega Man, and I am legend none of those three are, are good movies i think i think omega man is the best
2: of the bunch of them but like yeah,
3: because it's fun yeah but it's I mean, he it's
2: fights it. he fights a giant scorpion it's it's great yeah
4: that's <laughs> also and oh the other oh the other kick the other but kick compared of, to the book
3: it ain't shit none of them are shit
2: no. remember like, well
4: uh to, to touch back earlier talk uh, talk about remakes but also how this film was seminal in many ways the um <laughs> I the remake of I Am Legend to my to my recall is effectively the, the vampires are the fact they shoot them as like as if they are fast zombies. I they they
3: that is a good point because so again in the the Will Smith I Am Legend another missed opportunity. They got a couple things of it right, but it's just it, they they blew it big time with it. But they made them more like yeah, like the whole thing with I Am Legend. The thing that makes it interesting is that they're intelligent. And they've maintained memories of their humanity and they're trying to like trick him and they're trying to like get him to like, so they can can get him out of the picture because they become the dominant paradigm of society. And then the big reveal is that like, oh no, he's the monster. The human is the monster. Society's actually moved on because he's harried them, he's reaved them. And like, he is like the stuff of legend, but the legend is that like, you know, this is the, the reaver and- Every single depiction has gotten that wrong, but they really got it wrong on the Will Smith one because they just made them like basically fast zombies. And it's like, good. I like fast zombies too, but tell it, don't call it. I am legend. Call it something different. I would have been all about it. Same thing with the Zack Snyder movie. If they hadn't called that Dawn of the dead, it would have got another full star from me. I'm
1: not legend.
5: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Call it last man on earth. Fuck it.
1: Call it legend. <laughs> le- legend, I ain't.
5: <laughs>
3: I mean, like I don't know, and and like that's just a pet peeve of mine. And the fact it's amazing that they made three movies that have varying levels of being interesting on a book, and no one's gotten it. Like uh, the key, the thing that makes it more interesting than anything else, and one of the great works of literature of of the genre, they've missed it every time. Every time, it's amazing.
1: Thank you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> where, did they, where
1: did they film? Uh, at least the parts that I've seen of the Last Man on Earth um, uh, makes it feel like a, a long, just a long like Twilight Zone segment. Yeah, and and exactly. Which,
3: which is look, and those vibes are very much in character for for that story. And, and you know, Vincent Price is good, and it, it's 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 decent. Um, but yeah, like it's to get like the loneliness of of it being like, oh no, stuff has changed, which. The, again, the scene where he first walks out, like where the hell is everybody? And you hear these like, yeah. tastings so by Godspeed crank up. It's like that's one of the most effective those moments I can think of in cinematic history. first Hello. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he, and he doesn't really And then that Pepsi,
3: Pepsi, product Pepsi product placement
1: doesn't even bother me. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, have a <laughs> to, he doesn't have a chance to do like the uh, oh well. Caitlin Jenner do?
3: comes up with a Pepsi. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody he, he doesn't have a all I wanted to all, all be Just one Pepsi. Um but, like, he doesn't really have a chance to do the, uh, like, what would you do if you were suddenly in an abandoned city thing? Because, you know, the action happens so fast, which I yeah. appreciate about it. A lot of times when they do, like, a, an empty city, they have, like, someone being, like, whoop And then they're, like, running something and, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, there,
4: there's, there's, yeah, there's the scene of them having the – I mean, and Dawn of the Dead does this, too. But there's always – you need to have that you a transition – a transitory scene of them, like, just enjoying – I guess you could have you know, a guess, goof,
3: like, you know, I, I oh, think, we're driving around with a mannequin now. Oh, it's crazy.
4: Although I just realized there, everybody. <laughs> there are, I mean, I guess there are aspects of this is like with the, uh, with the supermarket, uh, shopping thing of them. That's the yeah, closest like,
5: you get. They're supposed yeah. to get,
4: he just, he just laughs and he like leaves his card. And I mean, there's also the shot of the board soldiers, you know, uh, doing donuts with a, with a, with a
3: taxi cab. Yeah. But, um, but yeah there's there's less there's not a lot of fat on this movie there's not a lot of like uh, flippancy zero fat on one of the characters
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah i I would i would say that uh (laughs) and we certainly see he's not hiding anything either
5: yeah
1: (laughs) i i really i really appreciate one thing about this movie uh because it's the next scene after the grocery uh car thing when when they're um when they get the flat tire and then oh. the the rats run and this is a very english thing i think uh, um, well and than, like
3: so so the the tunnels blocked with like a bunch of wreckage right and brendan gleason's like "Fuck it we're going over the top right and then yeah. like which and they have like a moment like they're kind of like excited like oh well that's yeah i can't believe we're doing this yeah but then the, the tire blows and then yeah just here comes the plague of rats great
1: <laughs> which is, i think it's just something that i mean you know we kind of established cities in in america at a later date than like you know somewhere that like uh england where they would yeah. have had you know centuries of people just dying from rat plagues but um, like
2: uh one of my favorite things about the strain novels which which uh that's they turned into a tv show the tv show is very 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 different from the books um both the books uh, are
1: both both written by uh gdt yeah
2: uh yeah. but but uh <laughs> No, the the uh the the movie uh I mean the the books they, they actually had like um the rats running from the vampires in it yeah um, which which is uh you know um not that far off from what happened in this movie no
5: also they have that, a lot
1: of they have a lot of cool stuff like that in 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 that um in, in the strain which you know I mean it, it comes from a, a whole lifetime of uh Guillermo Del Toro kind of doing these movies where he can actually write yeah. to the point where he's he's visualized all of this stuff in this world, which is kind well, look, of cool. look at like
2: Kronos
3: and stuff, you know. I don't mean, yeah. but I don't
2: want to get. Like, but but the, the the thing is, is that the books are are drastically different than the movie uh, yeah. or the TV show because the, they like,
1: rushed they rushed the last book into what like half a season. Oh, or something? not only
2: that, they they rushed the first book too. Like like um uh the first half <laughs> of the first book is like the first episode. All right. Same for the book club. What do you guys say, Jeremy?
1: Oh no, <laughs> just just uh, a book book books. day extravaganza. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, like, no. hey, we like to read. What can mm-hmm. I say?
4: Uh, I just saying that I I hadn't uh, I uh, that no I hadn't actually read, read the book because so I think at one point in this uh, this actually trans, this might be we could use this as a as a transition point, but in because genre popularity always has a cycle i want to hear everybody's opinion when do you think that zombies effectively got fucked out for lack of a better word as uh as like a worthwhile genre before you know the uh as they as the, as the, as the executives once described of star trek people like people just have franchise fatigue like when do you think it finally kind of where it became it was so I mean, I say something, I would say this is someone who participated in many a zombie walk. Remember zombie walks?
3: Yeah. Right of the Living Dead in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's a zombie pub crawl. <laughs> and like fans play at different stops on there. and It's amazing. It's, it's, I played it a few times. It's super, it's super fantastic. <laughs> Cause there's nobody there. And then there's a swarm of zombies you see coming down the road. It's like, holy crap. It's, it's, it's they, still, they still have
1: one in the next town over uh, every once in a while, but it's not like, a, it's not like one of the big city ones. Um, I, but I, I think that this movie kind of, uh, is an interesting point to talk about this because it feels like you know the the slow zombie genre right like kind of it was stale the
3: genre was pretty stale yeah and it it
1: feels like it feels like a lot of the movies since this have been inspired by the idea of like fast zombies and um you know notions about pandemics rather than kind of uh keeping it vague and um kind of uh you know instilling it within this pop cultural space that i don't think george romero wanted to do because he wanted to tell you know this timeless story of human communication and and uh you know that, that wasn't using the wasn't foregrounding, uh, zombies as a, um, like a, as the real threat, right? Like we're the real threat to each other, which is something yeah, that well, Robert kind of jumped off of a lot with his, with, with the walking dead comics. But like, um, but so for it to kind of be more terrifying again, or to be terrifying again, it's kind of fascinating that this movie, it feels like it's the moment where it was like, well, what if we made them really fast and it's a bloodborne illness that anyone yeah. can get. And then like, it's still about human communication, but we're kind of grounding it more in, in the space of like now and kind of revitalizing it. And to find out that that's kind of just an accident with, uh, you know, with Danny Boyle, just being like, well, why can't they, that yeah. Is kind of hilarious. Like, um,
3: yeah, it's it's kind of amazing because like it's it's like an accidental innovation, right? Uh, and that's uh, and again, yeah, the, the, at the time this, the zombie genre was like pretty tired. It was it was pretty much exclusively like genre video store fare at this point, point. and like you get things like Shaun of the Dead, uh, you get Zombieland, you get the Zack Snyder movie, you get uh, World War Z that kind of breathes some new life into it and walking dead of course being the best example because it transcended into um the, the overall zeitgeist though, like the larger culture rather than just being horror us and whatnot but then i think i think there's something kind of post-zombieland where the wave kind of breaks a little bit and people are kind of like all right enough with the zombies already yeah, yeah. left yeah. for dead in
4: the zombie there. modes yeah no, go ahead like, I'm Also, Left for Dead. Oh yeah, and, of course. Yeah, and the Walking Dead games, which actually, was you know, kind of that was Telltale Games' breakthrough, um, which was a licensed property. Funny that. But
1: the- wasn't it wasn't it kind of like uh, I, I don't know if it was the original Telltale one, but there was one of them that was a lot like Pokemon Go, like you were like in a <laughs> no. I I'm I'm serious. I'm not doing the Hillary Clinton bit. There was a, there's a Pokemon <laughs> Go Pokemon
2: style. to the apocalypse. <laughs>
1: So there's a, there's I, the well, a ghost dial. We'll keep on before. go
3: to the brains. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
4: no, but it, well, there was the, the the first the first Telltale series where it was a mix of actually it was the close. We talk about like a backdoor introduction to visual novels to a bunch, of, a bunch of like Westerners who would not have who would never have previously
3: touched it. This is uh, a video touched,
4: game. This is video game stuff. Yeah, this, this is video, video game, game stuff. Okay. There mm-hmm. is the um, but yeah, but I think but so, but genre. Because once we hit, I think the other thing is once we hit 2008, when finally nerd culture begins subsumes it becomes
3: all mainstream.
4: Of, all, yeah, well, not just the, well, it, it not just becomes mainstream; it subsumes all of because all of the studio heads realized yeah. that hey, wait a minute, this is the easiest way to make money is just to sell, you know, to sell. You know, as Rich Evans said, uh, people like their logos. Sell the most like easily recognizable, franchisable stuff ever, and so everything became. Everything became like nerd shit, um, but I think at some point, no, there was a thing where yeah, where it just the you know there was so much of it everywhere, in. Nerds had to have a
1: disposable income that they can use to buy trinkets, which I, I'm not saying that other people don't, but like they're they're very quick to do that. Well, you got to that was well, that, see that this was the.
4: And like Patton and Oswald has written about how like being a you know being a nerd kid in the eighties versus later is that at some point, I think even John Hodgman has talked about this too, but before um, to be a Sean- subject
3: matter expert in like nerdy stuff took work and effort and dedication, whereas now it's 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 just in the zeitgeist all around
4: but also remember the high school thing because like they're you know their nerds were like unpopular like they weren't cool and the like, yeah. notes do and so like they weren't cool and they so they weren't a legitimate audience and so like no you know nobody wanted their dirty. but John Hodgson has talked on the the blank check episode that they did on Evil Dead 2 he's talked about being Bruce Campbell's uh, book agent because that was how he got no, into that's right. yeah. and he, t- he talked about how like trying to pitch the idea um, trying to like effectively pitch Bruce Campbell he's like hey, you know here you have this guy who uh, you know once when he is when he's outside outside of the convention hall he's just this nice good looking good guy he's The front of this guy never inside the convention hall he is elvis yeah. where like where he and try to say
3: like hey you know there's an entire so like barbara crampton there. or like you know like any yeah. of the, a number of other actors that are known to certain yeah genre, right? yeah
1: but it's all it's like it's definitely like like, evil Dead was definitely on the forefront of that right like uh bruce sure. campbell is you know, as someone yeah. that wasn't like that, wasn't trying to build himself into like a uh, a presence outside of that world, right? Like Sam Raimi and. and, and- Bruce Campbell kind of both like not trying to build themselves into like oh this is a stepping stone to doing uh you know to doing things for a, a more normalized audience it's like they have captured that as their audience but
4: but Bruce tried though you gotta remember he tried he he was he 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 screen tested he got as far as screen testing for the Phantom which later went to Billy Zane and the year before the
2: Phantom came out he was Briscoe County he had yeah. County had-
3: Jr. was great well, yeah. I mean, even
2: before that, he—he I he he did soap operas in the uh, '80s. He—he yeah. he did. Um, uh, I mean, he—he he did audition for a lot of uh, bigger roles, but but he, uh, you know, found a weird niche doing like. It um, uh, was that uh, – the the Evil Cop movie. Um,
5: Maniac, Maniac Cop,
2: Maniac Cop Two, and uh, uh, you know. He, he just, played you
1: know, Ronald Reagan on TV. Waxworks in, uh, too,
2: and but like you know those before. Fargo. <laughs> Yeah, this is before. But, like, well, like, that, but no, this is, but, yeah, but that's that's
1: twenty years later. This is, yeah, yeah, this is, this before, is him trying to this
3: is, build. this is classic after-party shit, gentlemen.
1: Yeah, th- like, we're, we're not doing an after-party tonight. That's I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> no,
4: but I just wanted to mention because of the, what the kicker was is that I think part of what's what, um, like the the, the zombie genre, if you will, the subgenre gets consumed a lot quicker, burns yeah. out because uh, by the time. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> it infects enough people that it goes through so much because, like, by the by oh eight. But, you know, by always, it's like before all of, you know, nerdy stuff was, that was, that was just kid stuff. That was the uns- same with science fiction until Star yeah. Wars, until Star Wars, like, hey, well, you can make a lot of money. This isn't just, this isn't just kid stuff. And it became all of a sudden, like a lot of people were like, well, we, you know, we don't care if it's uncool. And like all of those people we hated in high school or whatever, they didn't really into it. it's like, now they finally, the, you know, video games became a thing that, you know, started, that was, you know, the odds the was when video games began to overtake Hollywood in terms of like, worldwide sales and generation. And And then at some point they realized, hey, wait a minute, we have these massive audiences who will very happily spend a lot of, you know, it's like, um, who will? Who will? They will. People, who, you know. <laughs> and this is before Funko Pops. You know, it's kind of the thing where they will buy. No matter you put you put some shit out with the, with the yeah. label stamped on it, people will buy it. You can do anything um, with it.
3: I, I think that the 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 overall eye of the zeitgeist kind of moved from zombies to vampires for a while. There was those Fakak the Twilight movies that I just refused to watch. But by the same token, there was like Let the Right One In, Only Lovers Left Alive, etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera, that were were breathing in like kind of new life to a genre that really hadn't seen much innovation because there had been the same. Kind of vampire stories told over and over and over again, and even though, like you know, you can say a lot of good things about, like you know, Interview the Vampire, you can say a lot of bad things as well. And I, uh, I think that things moved over t- from zombies to vampires for a bit, and then obviously then superheroes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that's a whole thing in, in and of itself. But I do think it's notable that like this is way before nerd culture was yes, mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Well, we also it was. It was like not just out. on the outside; it was like the out outermost of the outside like it yeah was
4: this
1: was like, yeah this was this was like fan this was pretty much like you know fan yeah,
3: convention shit yeah exactly yeah. comic well so we we
1: kind of talked about it with uh uh deborah Vojores when we talked to her about um 13 fanboy last year or he's all right whatever um <laughs> it's the
2: same name as T-
1: jason Voor- yeah i'd still i still probably mispronounce that too anyway um <laughs> yeah
2: no, he, he did that the entire time yeah <laughs> oh, he was always um, correcting him
1: yeah. uh yeah no so we we talked about you know conventions with her because that you know the movie she made 13 fanboy was like about a, a an obsessed uh fan yeah, that, it's you a know, love
2: letter to the convention scene too
1: yeah so we, we kind of talked about like you know realizing that you're uh in this horror scene and and with her it was like uh you know like like slasher films, but like realizing that you're kind of within this, this, uh, you know, this space and like people are really into, into your work within that. But like, maybe it doesn't have wide stream appeal outside of that. And I think that this movie, this movie kind of is before that, you know, kind of started, but like it's right before it, right? Like it was all uh, the conventions conventions around before.
2: I mean, I I remember in 86 meeting, uh, you know, Robert England and uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy and uh, Sylvester McCoy at a convention, yeah but that's um, not as
1: that's not as niche as like you know i mean having conventions kind of around like we have conventions it, for every every yeah but you know this is this is 1986
2: on in atlanta that. you know th- yeah. this is uh i feel
3: like i'm at a moving extravaganza convention right now I tell
5: you. <laughs> you you know th- th- th-
2: this, <laughs> this is kind of before you know they had the the uh uh you know the, like uh the wizard worlds and the comic cons and and whatever like like this is this is before those things were, were thought about yeah. this was this was still like uh, I mean you know let's not forget America killed Doctor Who with uh, uh, with our bad healthcare system at, at a convention <laughs> in uh, Georgia um, and because, Eric, and,
4: uh, and Eric Roberts was to blame yet again yeah, yeah, no, that, that was also, yeah.
2: Uh, no 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 I'm talking about the second Doctor he he uh, had a heart attack and uh, got subpar healthcare because oh of shit our, that, oh uh, okay yeah yeah you're right I I completely forgot about that story and that happened in, in Georgia. Where were the conventions that I was going to? Oh, I, I didn't make it to that one. All right, all right, right like, bringing it, bringing it. In. It's enough.
3: Let's all right, it. here's a here's, a
1: here's a clip of the actual uh, shooting process of this movie. Thank you, <laughs> please. Is, thank you. Let's, let's uh, get back on is, track, folks. Yeah, we, we went we went way off track, but uh, these are these are just fun scenes. These are just fun scenes of shooting. Twenty eight days later.
5: Go ahead thank you. <laughs> We this,
6: they knew, they knew, but also the people that had to tell us their health is
5: able people working in the area of banking. We'll
0: put back away from on that,
6: aren't we, what are we doing not sure yet, we might go to the Lake District, we might not. Might go to Lake
0: District?
6: We might not. We were thinking, we he think, think <laughs> but Hiatus Week is now, yeah, we're now so
0: not We're <laughs> pick-ups. Oh, God. I love pickups, though. Really. I
6: like pickups,
5: actually. Because
6: you do all of at the set, and the students... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of amazing that they had to make the teeth worse in England. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: the big book of British
2: smile. Now, yeah,
0: that, that stuff cracks, actually. So it has to drive first in the stretch.
3: Practical effects, baby. Yes.
5: Well, it's pretty 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 easy, pretty easy once you put your back to the wall. That's, That's right.
1: We could talk over it. I just thought some of the stuff was kind of cool.
3: No, no, it is. I mean, and like I think that, like, yeah, one of the things that makes this movie interesting is, there's people right around. You know, like it's not people killing people. You know, actual <laughs> people. Not, not a cell phone to be found. <laughs> just vibing. I, I like uh, I like
1: watching them pull the cars out and like moving yeah, yeah, around right. in this tunnel too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. that's
3: good. I feel like Brendan Gleeson's always been old. Yeah, yeah, he's
2: like he's like Wilford Brimley that way.
3: Yeah, I feel like he, he looked like that when he was twelve. <laughs> that's okay. what I feel like. Well,
4: there we go, digital camera. No, but he's also he's only like forty eight in this movie, so it's kind of weird to see him now. And he's like they like SNL put out the promo of him. Uh, you know, or someone looking a lot like him, you know, tur- uh, bust busted tricks on a skateboard in the in the studio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we only we only have to watch like another minute of this. I just thought some of these shots were kind of. Cool. I, I think
3: it's interesting. Like I said, I mean, like, like try to like do the same thing with like a modern movie, right? And it's a bunch of people like reacting to a green screen. Great
5: yeah um, it's, it's
4: the key in, in certain productions even when they want to do practical effects the executives will um, force yeah, yeah, yeah. for cgi on them
6: yeah.
4: you know because like otherwise it's just not a serious film or something the other uh, the other comment that I did have was that it's, yeah every uh, every machine gun in every film that has one always needs to be fired on full auto uh, yeah, because <laughs> even even in a situations where like in, you know in a Resident Evil like situation like here where ammo was presumably scarce and not being manufactured anymore but no just like full auto
3: let it go <laughs> exactly yeah That's they waste slog. so many
1: bullets in this um one thing that i i think is interesting is that this movie was at the beginning of uh you know the the dvd age where mm-hmm. people really started thinking about like what would be in the the dvd extras and stuff so yeah. there's um there's a commentary where they're talking about like the extra shots that they took in london and they're like no we, did, we just did they was, film like, a tv of it <laughs> no, it, it, it was just like their their commentary over like the deleted yeah. scene and they were like yeah we thought about like people are really gonna like the london scenes so like let's shoot some more of them so we can i
3: kind of wish that that was more of a thing now because i feel like that's just gone away now and it's like that the, it, we're back to just the movie being the thing and i mean you're lucky if people like don't skip past the credits you know Yeah,
4: the uh, we need they need to figure out a way how to reinvigorate. um, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) They they need to figure out a way how to reinvigorate the commentary track because there. uh, I mean, with certain films, the commentary track is like it's like you know it it is as entertaining, if not more entertaining, than the film. Like
3: watching Spinal Tap, like it's basically a whole other movie because they do it in character. It's amazing, right?
4: Or or the uh, what was it? I think it's. No, it's not. It's not cannibal. It's Orgasmo. At Orgasmo, like Trey and Matt and Dean and like all their friends are getting progressively drunker as the film goes on. Well, that's cannibal too. Was it Cannibal Two? Okay, because like, though that one, I remember at one point because it's done. We were at one point, they get bored, like shit. How much more time does this movie have left? And at one point, you can hear that like Trey wanders off into the, into the kitchen. To, he's like, "Hey, what do we want to do with this? Let's go to the titty bar." They're like, yeah, titty bar. It's like you can hear him off in the kitchen calling a cab to come pick them up because they're about they're almost finished uh, recording the movie. It's a <laughs>
1: yeah, um,
2: that might be orgasmo, but but they did get drunken uh Cannibal uh, as well.
1: Yeah, and it's the, a, the tropic. Uh, the tropic thunder commentary track is really good because uh, Robert Downer Jr. is still in character. Oh, so just sides yeah. the entire commentary track, still in character as a uh, you know Australian guy playing a black guy.
4: <laughs>
2: I, I love the Arnold Schwarzenegger ones because he's always just like he just describes what's happening on screen, and there's yeah. like, and then I do this, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. funny. Let me describe what's
3: about to happen on screen, because it is time for Letterboxd one-liners. Letterboxd, of course, is a place for film, for film lovers to talk out with and to each other about the films they love, the films that they didn't love, the films that have people there weirdly thirsty for. Bottom-up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say. Not just Siskels and Eberts. Uh, Everybody gets to chime in. Best expressed in the classic, working your type five in front of the brick wall uh one liner format at least for the purposes of this bit these are the letterbox one liners for 28 days later man sillians had a rough week <laughs> that's a, that's a great background for for that too by the way I, love it. <laughs> I like how this
1: it was it was a few days ago too this
3: sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: being, cha- being chased by Michael Myers, look at him. So. Yeah, That's gonna be like Michael Myers, actually.
5: Yeah,
2: yeah, better Michael Myers sequel than uh, Halloween Ends.
3: Don't even get me started. Danny Boyle had five pounds, the worst camera, the best buy clearance sale, and a
2: dream. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's weird how how I mean, great and shitty this film looks at the same time. It's, it's, it, it's it
4: really incredible. does. It's, yeah. it's, Somebody was commenting, yeah, the, the Blu-ray and the DVD are just the same disc. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage early early
1: odds
3: SD uh DV.
1: Yeah, so i, I the, like the uh, the, the, the bootlegs
3: like, in the official release look exactly the same
1: <laughs> i like how they make it stylized in the hospital which you don't have to do like there's no reason for it to be stylized in the yeah. hospital you know what I mean like <laughs> other than other than Danny Boyle's doing it so
3: it has to be that you know's yeah. it's got, it's got, gotta get some dutch angles in there you know
5: it's, it's, yeah well on. no
1: that's not the part that i think is weird like it, it's just like he did something like uh there's a hyper focus and then he stylized the actual phones so yeah. the phones are in frame and then he's like uh you know i don't know it just it was it's funny... to make it
3: unsettling but it it is a little
1: little bit much yeah but it's yeah fine.
5: it's fine
3: <laughs> that monkey at the beginning that had the bad news being fed to him all at once is equivalent to your average day on twitter <laughs> yo True. facts that is just-
1: the the eco terrorist point that you guys made, though, like there's something to the fact that I feel like uh, at least they establish it later on, like they're trying to cure um, rage as like a thing. So it's like they're trying to they're they're kind of doing the most horrifically grotesque way of um, like uh, of, of trying to fix like a, a human problem, like for the better. And then I feel like the eco terrorists that come in and try to free the apes are trying to do something good but doing it like in the worst possible way, not listening to the guy that's like, hey, don't do that. They're infected. So it's like kind of on both ends. I feel like they're trying to do something uh, good for humanity in a way, but just completely missing each other at the same time. It's, it's human error at its finest, I guess. Just like
3: Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent balls, Mr. Murphy.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, can we look at the, uh, the tag there? Hanging dong. Yeah. You, you know, I get flashbacks to this interview of uh, Sylvester Stallone from uh, um, uh, Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, I'm just glad I was having a good new day.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I, yeah. I th- it's it's times it's times like this that uh, Christina is very is very missed. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a reaction to that.
1: Um, I I I do appreciate that Cillian Murphy was going like uh, was willing to go completely uh you know cold and floppy. Like it was, it, was he was
3: hanging brain, man. It was
5: he, just right. But
1: there. It, he wasn't hanging brain, like it was it was at its most flaccid, and he was willing to do that rather yeah. than you know trying to juice it up a little bit and make it sexy. It's not sexy. You're waking up in a hospital bed, you probably haven't had anything, you know, you're dehydrated as fuck or whatever at this point. Like your dick is not full-on hanging brain, your dick is close to your body i feel like I, I
3: feel like you and i have different definitions of hanging brain but we don't need to get into it uh, <laughs> like i don't i don't think that means that like the the ball and cock are at like peak perfection and presentation no
2: i no. i feel like no he's like, like he's like turtle dick right now but that's okay I feel,
1: yeah, yeah i'm cool. just saying it's i feel cool. like hanging break brain is more relaxed this isn't relax. this is like a a an, an awakening i guess uh this is either, this is more, more dong dick.
3: discourse than i expected but
1: that's <laughs> yeah i
3: Cillian Murphy, hot. Zombies, desperate. Me, desperate and hot for Cillian Murphy.
1: Hanging brain.
3: <laughs> <laughs> More like remove sunglasses. Zumbies.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go, folks. Eat the new boss. Audrey had the bees today.
2: Man, they, they just did that yesterday. Is that right?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah watch, so. watch 24th of October
3: 2022 yeah 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 okay well wow, wow. that is impressive. I didn't even catch that <laughs> Repent the end is extremely fucking nigh. That's a, that's a British
1: line in the whole movie, too. I think so
3: fucking good. I, it's, and there's
1: there's so many British. The humor in this is extremely British. Like the um, like when, when he <laughs> gets them in the in the cab, and he's like, uh, you know, I don't take uh, I don't take uh, credit cards or or whatever. Like and checks. credit cards or checks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
2: love it. Yeah. Like the first thing the guy says to him whenever he gets uh, dragged into the little uh, shop is just like, um, you know, it tells that bad joke about uh, a giraffe walks into a bar. Guy and a giraffe walks into a bar draft passes out oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah. well what is happening right now
4: yeah. well also but uh, that was yeah that was the one last touch of like he's actually he start, uh, he's uh because he's in a cat he starts the meter as they leave and then the, once they get to manchester you can see a shot that it's, it's like up to like something like you know 400 450 quid or something on the uh <laughs> on the <meter. laughs>
1: well so it's the great. same thing as you know the, the consumer products right like it's uh using commerce i think to try to um further your well maybe you just charge them i don't know you didn't see that but i feel like it's using it's using uh consumerism using commerce to like try to feel more normal in the society that's uh completely emptied and where money has no value where you could just kind of walk into a grocery store and take whatever you want but it's like comforting to know the meter's running
3: there you go well i think this the end is extremely nigh is pretty amazing and (laughs) It's mm-hmm. it's one of the things that made me fall in love with this movie when I very first saw it. I was like, that's there's, the coolest thing I've ever seen.
1: There's another there's another line I'm trying to I have to try to find it, but that made it really funny. Uh Christopher Eccleston has a line when he first meets up with him that I thought was pretty hilarious. And I was like, this is this is like British, this is like British humor at its finest. Like it's the most dry possible thing. I got a nosebleed
2: I'll, with the humor. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I haven't finished watching this yet, but I was talking to a guy about it, and he described the film as the one with the virus that makes people really cross. <laughs> really crossed.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> that is not a, yeah, that that is very much not an American review.
3: So no, absolutely. <laughs> very cross. I
1: ran it under a cold tap. <laughs>
3: exactly. Good <laughs> <a> call back. <laughs> IMDb said that Cillian Murphy spends 30% of this movie shirtless or naked, also known as my favorite movie genre. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it seems like Cillian Murphy was like the uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch before there was a uh, Benedict Cumberbatch.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. <clears throat> plenty plenty of female friends of mine were all
1: about that dude. <laughs> oh, so the Cillian Murphy says the thing where he's like, oh, great, Valium, not only will we be able to sleep, but if we're attacked tonight, none of us will care.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's a great
3: line. <laughs> Why was this film with a pink Motorola razor?
5: It's <laughs> <laughs> just so no point
3: <laughs> No
1: punctuation, all lowercase letters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be a fuss, so I filmed this on my Pink Motorola razor. <laughs> so good anyway those are the letterbox one-liners
3: for 28 days later please follow the show which is your host forrest over there moving extravaganza uh follow me kona neutron uh i'm all over that biz i got a whole bunch of stuff i need to log i'm behind on everything andy filmed in Shittyo world is uh (laughs) watching all the weird stuff so you don't have to or maybe so that you can So follow him on there. Jeremy, are you a Letterboxd user? I don't remember. This isn't a peer pressure situation.
4: No, I am not. I have uh, I my uh, my film my film takes. I would just unleash in the world uh, through my uh, just by yakking on my podcast, which is currently on hiatus. Uh, One day might return. We'll figure something out. Until then, I have nothing to plug other than uh, people. People should watch. This is Revolution. It's another YouTube podcast thing. It's worthwhile.
3: I've never heard of
1: them. Are they?
3: I should specify. I should specify say yes or no question in the future because I feel like that's. I feel like there's a lot of derivations to go on there. Not that I disagree with anything you just said, but uh, Jay Andrew World, please take us away with the plugs. Yes.
2: Um tight transition for the plugs too. Thank you, Jeremy. Um yeah, you YouTube thanks while you're watching us on YouTube. Uh like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell Get radicalized. That's the thing you do on YouTube, yes. right? You get radicalized. Get <laughs> radicalized. Um <laughs> Sorry.
3: That, that was a record interruption. Like I I didn't I let him go like a second and a half before. Well, I it's
1: the myself. ads that really do it. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> you get on there and you just see like a Prager U ad and you're like, what the fuck is this? Now I'm now I'm all right. Now, now I hate minorities and I want cash. <laughs> Breaks like, yeah, suddenly. Yes.
2: Um. And if you want to hear more about this, we have a Twitter account.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you um, can go out there once you're radicalized. You just go on to Twitter yes. and start plugging out your opinions. Yeah, but no, oh, no. Uh,
2: absolutely follow us all on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter to get uh, updates. And we have a Twitter community. Um. Which Jeremy, I I don't think I've ever invited you. I keep forgetting to. Um.
3: I, I would take serious offense at that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i feel bad because like it'd be a good place for him to uh vent his spleen about uh movies he's watched i'll invite him to the freaking thing already Now i'll deal do it. that now i just got to realized oh well, i doing this well why I don't you do finish it. your
3: bit and i'll do
4: it yeah the, well, side note i think the only movie i really ever had to really vent my spleen about was prometheus where I had to subject yeah. both my
3: friend and I wish uh, they'd done less spleen venting in that movie. It was enough. Yeah. Like,
4: <laughs> I, I had to like, it's like, I couldn't shut up a lot. of a part, even I'm dropping my friend, uh my, me and my partner dropped my friend off at our apartment. I had to go in and I had to like pace back and forth for half an hour, just ripping into that stupid movie. Anyway, not great. Yeah.
3: <laughs> not great.
2: It's amazing. Um, but, but we have a Patreon that you should support. Um, uh, the Patreon gets you access to After oh, Parties. That's quite the transition.
3: Oh, yeah. By the way, give us money.
5: <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead.
1: If you like hearing us go off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can hear, <laughs> yeah, you hear
5: all is. about it.
2: Yeah, on our on our After Parties, which you can have access to forever. <laughs> I, I,
3: yeah. I'm not going to do it. It's, 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 it's After Party forever. But not tonight
5: wait Not till friday tonight. for
3: that shit and actually that's more gonna be a wrap-up show than after party but other than that all those things are true yes Andy, go because the race yes. has
2: made us strong <laughs> so um uh Conan, do you have uh, a protonic reversal this week ah yeah that'd be a good idea huh <laughs>
5: um
3: yeah yeah i think i'm having a uh, nick six from dazzling killman and uh uh bright forms and Sick Bay and uh zadax and stuff yeah exactly Exactly. Thank you, Bandist Race. Um, So another one, uh, the Mark Davies from Thinking Fellers Union episode uh, heard from Matthew Film Guy. He's a big fan. He's a big Thinking Fellers fan. So uh, that's that's been, um, that's still out there. I think the Guy Pachoto episode kind of swamped everyone's attention. But if you're a Thinking Fellers fan, uh, that one's pretty good too. But yeah, uh, Nick Sakes this week. So.
2: Oh, if you don't, if,
3: and if you don't know who that is, that's okay. But it's going to be rad.
2: And you can also support Conan uh, on uh, 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 Patreon too because he has a Patreon. And the Deuce. Access- I, I have the
3: sequel. Apparently, it's Patreon too. <laughs> Moving is on old school Patreon. I'm like uh, Patreon too.
2: <laughs> Electric <like> Boogaloo.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the Deuce. Yeah. But that's
1: Patreon to paywall Boogaloo.
2: Yes, but but no. With uh, with the Patreon, you get uh, the episodes of Protonic Reversal a day early.
3: Couple days early, actually. Couple depending days early. Yes. <laughs> Depending on how quickly I get them out.
2: <laughs> yes. But you get it before everybody else, and, that's, and uh, it's, it's that's like the a,
3: key. That's the key is to make yourself feel special. So treat yourself.
2: Yes, one dollar a you month know, support. You make, yeah, it's only a dollar, and right? give me
3: money also. Thank you. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you really want to give Kevin more money? Uh, head over to Bandcamp and check out uh, his page. Uh, Dangerous Nomenclature is uh, available on vinyl. If you're one of those vinyl heads. But you can get it in any audio format except for cassette tape or A-track.
3: Yes, exactly. There's C- so basically CDs and digital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> CDs, vinyl, and digital. But, uh, you know, uh, we also – I haven't done it yet. People have been asking about the, the new T-shirts, the Rick Froberg T-shirts and the Dudes Yelling T-shirts. Those are going up later this week. So uh, I just haven't done it. I got it. one of the Dudes Yelling T-shirts. Uh, they've been very popular. So people love Dudes Yelling. Who knew? <laughs>
2: And then uh, no shows till November, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, we just played last week in Madison. But yeah, November is going to be the makeup date for Oakland. And then there's a Los Angeles show and Joshua Tree show as well. And then there's a Chicago show at the end of the year. And I, I'm almost positive that's that's going to be it until 2023.
2: All right. And Jeremy said he had no plugs, but this is Revolution. So everybody check out This is Revolution.
1: Um, hey, you heard of the, this, uh, This is, how is how Revolution? We, <laughs> how was the live show? Oh, yeah,
4: like I didn't really even ask. Fun. Uh, a hell of a lot of fun. They We had actually a bigger audience than expected. Um, That's excellent. Went went more than a little longer than expected. But it was still, people got their money's worth. And uh, there, were play, there were people there for the meet group. And we even had a local, uh, met some folks from DSALA there. And they were actually they were actually there for the campaigns of a couple uh, of the uh, kind of like local, you um, uh, local, uh, there's a state assembly, and I believe one of the city council candidates. Maybe okay, I it was a blur. I got home from Los Angeles yesterday, but it was a it was a grand time, and uh, got it all got it all on audio, and I have to figure out how I'm gonna end the house manager to email me an audio copy of it all so yeah. that's, that's, what I, uh,
1: was- that's what i used to do for the uh tmbs ones when they did the live shows i would sit there i would give the guy i would give the guy at the uh usually i did it at the bell house so i give the bell house guy my like uh
3: pass him a 20 there you
1: no i would give my uh age, age and I, 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 four, know, I think that I, I have no and like it's funnier yeah, if you pass him like, a 20, 20. Yeah. it's a joke yeah yeah well, I, I, know, have recorder. Have, I would have had to ask yeah. Michael for that twenty. <laughs> I'm, not,
5: I'm not
1: spending my own money on it. Uh, no, but uh, I Get know that they're planning. I know that uh, Ben and Jason are planning another one in New York uh, within at some point. I don't know exactly when, but I was like at it's, the table. It's being worked
2: out. No things uh, being said publicly yet. So
3: yeah, yeah, I think I think some people, no names mentioned, have unrealistic expectations about quickly you can book something.
5: <laughs> well
3: that's coming from someone that does a lot of my own booking and it's yeah it's, it's a crazy time to be booking anything right now everything in the world that was rescheduled from 2020 to now is all happening at the same time and it's it's that's why it's they got to figure account.
1: out getting uh getting the bender bump you know getting bumped up exactly <laughs>
3: exactly <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to, you know, whenever they do that which, within the next year, five years. <laughs> but uh, I went to... Uh, and and maybe,
3: it, I'll, maybe I'll actually be able to do the music this time because it couldn't fit in last time.
1: When they when they did the uh, sublation launch, though, I went and hung out with everybody when they had those panels. That was pretty fun. But I, I imagine that the LA sh- like show was much bigger and much more because they kind of just booked a, a bar that had like a, a back... Like a back patio or whatever for the sublation one and it was like nobody was really paying attention because it was like outside and they had like these panels and everyone was like pretty drunk by the time they had the panels so there was like a, a good amount of people in the front that were like trying to listen to the panels that would just keep looking back at everyone that was in the back including including ben because he wasn't on the second panel like just having conversations and every f- few seconds you'd hear shut the fuck up <laughs> From, yeah, some, like, from some yeah. random like nerdy dsa socialists in the front and part of me wanted to talk shit back and be like fuck you but i wasn't gonna do that. all right classic after
3: party stuff andy what's next
1: yeah. oh what
2: is next um i don't know i don't remember I'm uh, at anymore you know yeah <laughs>
3: but i'm gonna be on a plane in like seven hours so let's fucking wrap this up
2: all right yeah no i i think uh the only other thing would just be you know uh check out christina who's not here her patreon Uh, Support her. Cosmopolitics
3: Uh, is the name of the channel, and I believe the Patreon, right?
2: I believe so too. Yes, and and so uh, you know, please support her. She's uh, even though she's not online right now, she is in her hearts always.
1: (laughs) Yes, she's she's live tweeting about how she wishes she was online right now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think that dog gets uh, upset when. You know, she's dog sitting, and the dog starts barking and freaks out whenever she goes online. Which
3: I, I feel, I feel the same way every time she's not online. I start barking. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, Andy, you never do your own plugs. You ever thought about that? You know, yeah, I should probably do my own plugs. Uh, what would I plug? Um, uh, you know, got. To, uh, I mean, I don't do want to hear them, but you should probably do them. Oh yeah, I
1: got <laughs> Practice them. <laughs> practice them in the mirror, bud. You know, um,
2: t- well, honestly, we got We do have a uh, bad takes coming up. We're gonna uh, if you want to talk there, more zombies, we're go. doing um, battling of the dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're also gonna be talking about uh, the Spanish <laughs> Civil War. Uh, so, so you know, we're kind of using that. So if you to-
3: if you like either of those things, then watch the next episode of Bad Takes on wherever
2: that is. Yeah, with uh, Brenton Langle and on this channel
1: here oh is that uh, this you channel can, you oh, okay. can catch all it right. on this channel and tonight i'm gonna press the monetization thing which you know <laughs> hasn't come to much but it's a fun time <laughs> <laughs> all right uh going you to should, final you thought. should
3: you should probably do your plugs yeah your forward though but but yeah make yeah it right. yeah so
2: i nice. never wrote myself in on my notes yeah. so uh i have guests and um i just have this you're very
1: you have to do that well i forgot to talk about myself but, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All
1: right, every week I just like that's crazy. Every week I forget, I forget to introduce
3: myself. Every I took it out this know.
1: week, anyway. Um, but sorry with Jeremy, final thoughts? Anything you wanted to add on this movie?
3: Yeah, but it's like when Elizabeth Warren tried to like you do a fact attack on like the chair giving. It's like nobody cares. People are just gonna say it for forever now. Like so, you're gonna be like, oh, you forgot to introduce yourself, huh? It's not even in the intro. Nobody cares.
1: Jeremy. Here's the thing. Uh, I took my was, Cherokee ancestry out of the intro. <laughs> all right,
3: Jer- Jeremy, what are your final thoughts on this? Right, uh,
4: final thoughts is well, this is Leo, and he is wow. a very demanding food demander. Um, no, enjoyed the film. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was interesting seeing because I had never actually seen the film all the way through since the original. Oh, no
3: kidding.
5: The
4: okay. thing, nineteen yeah, nineteen years ago. Like I said, zombies got. Zombies got just exhausted as a genre, and it was yeah. so unpleasant that I just didn't feel the need to back. It so. to do with that,
5: like, I think that. I, I think
4: Walking Dead has entirely thing to do, to, yes. to do that. Even though I mean, it, it's I'm it's exhausted
3: only... hearing you guys talk about it.
4: I think. Well, I mean, it, I never watched the show, but it's, it's kind of thing where the it, it's its own like cottage industry down in Atlanta. Yeah. So, where they even have, have like schools for uh, for people to how to like zombie walk? It's,
3: it's, I, I, I bring I this do, up every time it's invoked it. on this yeah. show, which is a lot this month. But it's a, it's a show that's managed to jump the shark multiple times, which most no, it's
1: jumped the shark. It jumps the shark multiple times. Season. Yeah, it is, it's, it's it jumps, crazy. It jumps the shark literally once a season. Killing. They'll, Carl, they'll
3: recover and then they'll jump the shark again. And then they'll killing recover, Carl
1: jump the shark. Rick, Rick just suddenly disappearing and apparently and who knows where i stopped watching at that point it's jumped the shark so many straight up cocaine decisions anyway um no the one thing that i do think is funny though is this movie starts in london the same way that and fucking Cillian murphy's like irish this movie starts in london the same way that uh that that walking dead does and the whole thing with uh why andrew lincoln left the walking dead is he was like i want to go back to england but like this is this is uh that was that movie pretty much in georgia I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 28 days (laughs) later. You could have just been British if you really wanted to. Carl. Carl. um, But, uh, yeah. You could have
3: been British, Carl. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, is it me? Yeah, it's you. uh, This film is absolutely... Completely necessary to be included in zombie extravaganza as we look over the entire genre, uh, and that e- is even with the like, well, the really actually affected people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking get it. Go back to Reddit with that crap. Doesn't matter
1: because again, it's you been in the chat that's like not technically a zombie movie, but that's that's brought that into this. By the way, it's you that inserted that into the chat. I never did.
5: <laughs>
1: okay, but it's so
3: influential that some of the things that it has uh, caused to be influenced are things that we just take as uh, almost for granted uh, in the genre now and it it did uh, re energize the world of this type of filmmaking and this type of movie that was not to be uh, overly cute about it completely dead like it was as a genre was dead there was no innovation happening with it whatsoever and you did lead to some uh, rip offs of it, including like, OK, the zombies are fast. Well, OK, if they're actual zombies instead of infected people, how are they actually have means of locomotion to do that? Whatever. Who cares? Uh, that's fine. But it's it's it may seem kind of quaint now. But this is this was like one of the big game changers uh, to the zombie movie. And it's I love That Danny Boyle basically didn't care about anything that had happened before and was just going to do his own thing and kind of inadvertently did that. Uh, I love the uh, pink Motorola razor (laughs) video of it all, and I think it's beautiful. And I think it's a perfect example of innovative filmmaking as we've gone over and over with all these different types of movies of just like people uh, innovating out of necessity and to, to end up like making something cool. Perfect example of this. And I love that this is a movie that like he just got super frustrated by Hollywood and how these Hollywood movies were made and decided to just get like down and dirty with it. And I still gonna reiterate the fact that it's astounding to me that first of all he got a Godspeedy Black Emperor song on a on a motion picture, but had a dude make sound alike to it that started a sound-alike industry <laughs> and that is, is still to this day still happening. And all all this is ancillary to the fact that it's a good movie. It's a fucking good movie. I saw it in the theater multiple times when it came out. Uh, We didn't talk about the ending. Uh, There are alternate endings that were shot, including one where Cillian Murphy's character just dies. I think it would have been ill-fitting to do that. And I think it would have actually diminished it as a film to have done. I like the ending. I think the ending is good. And I think it's perfect for the time. Because remember, this is pre-Katrina. This is pre-institutions failing us culturally... On a major, uh, large consensus uh, zeitgeist-wise, so it's important to get into that mindset when you're watching this because, again, this is almost twenty years ago, like Jeremy pointed out, and we're in a very different spot now. But this is a goddamn good movie, and uh, still, still fucks.
1: Um one, one thing with one thing that uh with movies that have literally copied this, um like YouTube kept recommending me some movie called Patient Zero, which is exactly oh, the same thing. It's the it same movie. This movie, except <laughs> it Stanley Tucci, and it has a thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes
3: sounds terrible <laughs> sounds, sounds like andy will be reviewing it shortly uh also they they, they made a sequel to this i uh, don't watch it it's awful uh but i, I would say the
2: opening scene is phenomenal it's fine right downhill from there
3: but they have talked about making a third one that would be boyle directing and garland writing and silly murphy said he would do it if if like it it all came together that would be something i would be interested in because
1: alex garland said that he has um an actual like idea like he had a specific idea (laughs) for something he wanted to do as like a an uh you know a last i guess project for this franchise which Which, kind of would say what you
3: will about that dude's films and i'll like argue either side he's a big idea guy like he he's good with the ideas like he's 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 like in, in another era he would have come up doing Twilight Zone episodes or something right
1: yeah like, well know. so but i'm I, I think that that's kind of more appealing to uh, to me probably to everybody than just saying like hey we're gonna make a third version of this because we can yeah, but like gives there's a a, about that. We, we're gonna make a third version of this because you know the guy that wrote the original one has like an idea to do is kind of far more interesting
3: and i'm that i mean that's genuinely exciting to me and I'm not someone that generally puts a lot of stock in sequels or uh, a a lot of, uh, you know, I I don't, I think, I think there's too many things that are franchised that don't need to be franchised as well. But the the fact that it would be those three would be like, okay, that's cool. I'm into that. I'm whatever that is, I'm into checking that out. So maybe that happens. Who knows? I'll be here
1: for it. (laughs) All right. Well, Andy, and remember Jeremy has to feed his cat. Yeah. Um,
2: This movie, uh, I remember the first time I watched it, I was really confused because I thought that Selene Murphy was one of the uh, protesters that broke in, for for a while, and then you know he starts talking about being a bicycle guy. I'm like, wait, what did I miss? Um But like, this did the thing where he woke up in the hospital. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I thought that's why he was in the hospital. Um But I didn't, I because I didn't know who anybody was. Like like, you know,
1: I could <laughs> pick silly. I books just after. watched this. Are you face blind? I just watched I, this movie. Two days ago. Honestly, I probably wasn't paying attention the first time I ever
2: watched it, but that was like a long, long time ago. Uh Um, uh, I was probably like, um, "Why does he go
3: last again? Why does he go last?" Uh, No,
2: (laughs) tradition, (laughs) I guess. But anyways. (laughs) Yeah, no. So, so it was it was a uh, weird the first time I ever saw this movie. But like,
3: yeah, she so can uh, tell anybody was like like a grandma.
2: Who is that? <laughs> Who are they? Yeah,
3: yeah. What, hey, what are they why doing are you here?
1: Coming into my house and, and, and you know, <laughs> why is the parents dead? I don't get this. Uh, <laughs> I don't like this film.
2: There's two Killian Murphys now. <laughs> is this film about shopping? I don't
1: want to watch it. <laughs>
2: No, I, I was probably like doing artwork at the time and just uh, had it on in think? the background. I wasn't really yeah. paying attention, Shocking. but I was very confused the first time I watched it. Uh, but but like, what the like things it. That, that drives me nuts <laughs> is the fact that it does look so beautiful and so bad at the same time. Like like yeah, you know uh, th- those shots in London with with uh, the morning light hitting everybody. Like like yeah. those should be, you know th- those are incredible shots. And with that weird thing that they do with the film, it's just like this buffering
5: buffering <laughs> yeah, the, it, uh, the, the opening's
1: really creepy too i'll give it that like the you know i think i think they did a really good job shooting the the uh woman struggling with a fucking ape on her and then vomiting blood it literally yes i, I this is the first time i've watched it had a fucking anxiety attack during that scene it's, in, it's, like it's
5: I, I absolutely like anxiety. Anxiety. you know
2: <laughs> you know it's, it's just like uh and i'm so glad that uh one of my favorite musical groups um uh which I just, oh, God, uh, Handsome Furs did a music video. I think I say s- blood vomit. I, they, actually, <laughs> they actually do um, uh, a, a, pe- a- Rage vo- all
1: over the machine.
2: Except uh, Where they're like, uh, you know, Handsome Furs are playing a <laughs> house party, and somebody comes in infected, and the whole party gets infected, and then one of the band members gets infected and starts chasing after uh, the other band member, and it is uh, like one of the most haunting music videos you'll ever see, and it's it all owes itself uh, to this movie
1: okay well i want to tell you guys the the ride's over and uh i don't take credit cards and i don't take checks